And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Hello and welcome to The Great Movies Podcast, a retrospective film review show where we watch and discuss the movies covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay discussion. Well, essay collection, <laughs> The Great Movies. I'm DeLoclair. I'm Jana Gardner. And today we will face the sea of darkness and all therein that may be explored. Jana! Yes. We're talking Fulci. We are. We're talking Fulci, specifically the Beyond, but uh, specifically the Beyond, the, the Gates of Hell trilogy, slightly more broadly. Yeah, I I feel like I'm going to have a lot to say about the other two movies. Yeah, as well. I I am too. Um, I'm so glad when when we decided to watch the Beyond, and I sort of casually was like, "Should we watch any other ones?" I'm really glad we decided to do this yes. trilogy. That paid off. <laughs> yes, that was so worth it. Even though it really was. I've now watched so many like horror movies in the past week let alone two weeks that like there's some images that i'm like which one was that in what was that like horrifying <laughs> thing like yeah so uh that's why i'm like, gonna try to keep my my thoughts straight on these but it's been a journey yeah um so i'm curious i know you had never seen a full no. movie before i'm curious like what your um knowledge and introduction of this person that existed was and like what their work was like so um great question um and i don't i'd heard of the beyond like i'd read it on lists and things about well, it being... that's also probably my fault right you had talked so i'm i'm probably guilty of like pushing the beyond and as many people as possible you, almost as much as like hard you tried or to get me to watch it not try it that sounds too strong you suggested that i watch it last year when i was making my spooky movie watch list and i put it on my list at the time and i just didn't get to it um i wasn't committed enough this year i have as you have known really committed uh, it is september 12th when oh we're recording God. and you've done 50 horror movies something already like that for spooky season. yeah I'm, I'm wearing my newest super yaki scream uh t-shirt that i got from the latest super yucky scream based uh and I'm oh you're wearing a house, house oh man we're we're in great we're, we're yeah thematically dressed up for this episode i'm excited um but no i just yeah i really committed and all of these i don't know if the beyond was on streaming last year it probably was but like every time i logged on to shutter it was like essential must watch and so i was like okay so it was going to the top of the watch list no matter what um, but even before you were telling me about it, I, I read about it on, you know, lists and articles and things. And then last, last year I did listen to, or I caught up to it eventually, um, the screen drafts podcast, as I, as you know, did an entire episode on Fulci, um, and sort yeah. of like discussing and ranking his top seven movies. And so I listened to that just out of curiosity, um, without any context and by the time I went back to watch the movies didn't remember anything so it wasn't like <laughs> also you can't really spoil these movies that's not what it's about I don't think there's a couple people uh there's some undead things and uh they kill people yeah they kill most of the people you can't even really explain the plots I mean you just did that mm -mm. so it's not like there's big twists to give away or anything I mean I'm glad I didn't know what the final shots were I mean, we'll talk about the final shots because all, all three, three have incredible right so shots. i'm glad i didn't know those but um anyway so i had i had sort of familiarized myself just through reading and, and podcast listening and things but did not 
was still not prepared. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> I for love that. When I sat down and I watched them in order, in the, the order they were yeah, made. Yeah. So I did City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, and then House by the Cemetery. The House by the Cemetery, yeah. yeah. I almost said yeah. House at the Cemetery. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. and <laughs> so I really, I, I, I said it already, but I do really feel like I went on a journey with these movies over the past four or so days. <laughs> Yeah, I should quickly say up front, like, Jana was mentioning that she didn't watch, she watched them in order of release because, like, they're not, like, a trilogy of movies. Yeah, they're they're a thematic trilogy, and they share... God, I love thematic trilogies. I do, too. And they share the same lead star, lead actress, yeah. Katarina McCall. Um, yes, so that's that's really the connection there, but it's not, it's not, no same characters, no no ties other than opening the gates of hell and Katrina McCall's there. Out of curiosity, do you know what on Katarina McCall's letterbox page, mm-hmm. her first three movies are the, the, sure. the gates of hell trilogy. Yeah. Do you know what the fourth movie in her uh, repertoire is by popularity? I have, I have no idea. I don't think I've ever seen her or anything else. Ridley Scott's a good year. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I know she's a you know successful actress, but I had no idea um, that she was really in, much else at least not that i would have heard of that's fascinating yeah she's great what a weird movie to compare to like the gates of hell trilogy though (laughs) probably was a very different uh experience yes um yeah so i will say um i am not a fulci expert here either as like all i've seen was the beyond before this so sure yeah so we're kind of we're we're not coming to this from an uh, authoritative place of any kind um we're both kind of coming in this from like a uh, what would it be like a newbie? Yeah, like a neophyte, like a neophyte. We're good. we're having our eyes open exactly. to the to the Fulci experience. Exactly. So, and I, if anything, maybe this will encourage other people to to check these movies out because I definitely took some encouraging. I was like, well, we'll talk about it more, but I'm not a big gore person, and so just sort of knowing, like, well, they're famous for how <laughs> gory they are. It's like, why? Like, that's my least favorite thing about horror movies yes. generally is gore, but. I think I got accustomed to it throughout, like, by the... Although, um, as I was telling you pre-podcast, the final sequence of the final movie still was so gory that I was just like, I, I thought I was past it's getting shocked by stuff, and then I'm watching this happen going, what on earth? Um, <laughs> but, like, but in the same way, like, because I've always said I don't really like kind of gory stuff or even, like, violent stuff, but I'm a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino movies and so for me it's really the more over the top it is like I don't want anything that looks realistic like that's going to bother me so the more over the top it is I'll be like ew that's gross but it's not gonna haunt my nightmares or anything because it if it doesn't seem real these are good like really good effects and there's a couple that look alarmingly realistic but for the most part they're just gross (laughs) yeah yeah um and this is um Something I kind of say about, well, what I said about the beyond when I tried to explain it to people was like, the gore isn't necessarily the scary part because usually people are like, well, the gore isn't very scary to me. It's just sort of gross. But what works so well in the beyond to me is like, um, the gore is in a Fulci movie is like really just an attack on your senses. Mm -hmm. It's really supposed to be like letting your guard down in a way that like, then the scares can come 
and the scares can precede another gore moment. Right. It's not like the gore has to be some sort of thing where it's like, haha, now you're scared. Right. It just, it throw, I think you're exactly right. It throws you off balance and sort of makes you uncomfortable so that when something actually scary happens, it's maybe more effective because you were already kind of yes. on edge because you were watching this, this weird gory stuff. A lot of gore. Um, and that's something, so, I, I mean, I really try to have tried to push the beyond on people for a long time. Um, and it's it's very funny to when you try to get someone to watch the beyond. Like you said, you needed a lot of, a lot of push for it. Um, you start with saying like, "Oh, there's this great mov- horror movie I've seen. It's called The Beyond." And they say, "Great." And I say, "So how much gore can you handle?" Yeah. And a lot of the time, it's like, "Well, not too much." And I'm like, uh, "Well, it doesn't." It's not like like you say too realistic, and it's like okay, well maybe, and then I have to be like, are you okay with Italian movies? And then like, people not like us would be like, well no, it's like but but that's in English. And they're like okay, and it's like but there's some very weird dubbing that goes on, and uh... yeah, but the thing is they shot it mostly in Italian and dubbed it in English, and so all the audio is doesn't match the mouths. So I I made a note of like sort of five different things that I wanted to talk about in each of the movies, like sort of thematic elements that surface, well, four different things. And then my one other note was just the dubbing, like, because that, that in and of itself, there are so many crazy, just crazy (laughs) examples of a person starts talking and the voice that comes out of their mouth is not, that is not that person. Oh my God. We'll, we'll talk about little Bob house of the cemetery. Bob, 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 (laughs) little tiny, blonde chi- little boy child who is dubbed by an adult woman is is what's going on and they don't hide in that it. movie but the first time he talks like i'm like is this a is, is this a plot point is he, are we supposed to think he's like demonically possessed no no we're just supposed to think that's a child talking it's so strange it's it's the bobby stuff in house of the cemetery is very weird yeah, there, there's a lot of that. But so, and that's that's another thing, whether intentional or not, that works to just make everything feel a little off and just make yeah. you feel sort of off. But for me, because I find that kind of thing interesting and sometimes amusing, that helps also with it, like not being too scary because I was laughing at, at stuff that was goofy. <laughs> and I think some of it's intentional, plenty of it's not. Um, but that helped me not be too freaked mm-hmm. out by it. No, Fulci does have a, I think, a, a good sense yeah, of humor. Yeah, he made some comedy. But I think also, that these are, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of hard to. I mean, I, I told I told you earlier. We'll get to it, but like I, there was a part in the the uh, city of Living Dead that made me laugh so hard that I rewound it three times to just rewatch it, and I laughed harder every time. And I'm pretty sure it was on purpose, but you know, you never know. <laughs> so I'm curious. Well. Let's let's go into City of the okay. Living Dead. Um, what was the part that made you laugh so hard? <laughs> it was. With the the old dudes at the bar towards the end when when everything is really oh. the shit starting to hit the fan and the the bartender is like, okay guys I'm locking up you're all getting out of here like we gotta we gotta go and um, one guy's like what's going on and then this old dude turns looks almost directly at the camera and goes, like into camera into camera and I'm not <laughs> and he's like the dead are rising from their tombs and like <laughs> says it like that I. I laughed so hard, and I just kept, I rewound it and rewound it. (laughs) And then, of course, like, right after that, then people start getting killed. But it was just, like, the way he just goes, tombs, Tombs. (laughs) like, right at the camera. Um, 
So, and don't don't they do like a flash zoom on yeah, him as he's saying it? Yeah, it really like does like a little bit of a rack focus. He's kind of looking sure. right at the camera, um, and I, I'm unclear if that's supposed to be spooky or hilarious. But like, it then like cuts to like the flickering bar sign. I'm like, I think this is, I think this is camp. Like, I think this is sort of intentionally, yeah, over the top. And we're kind of supposed to think these guys are ridiculous. Um, but oh yeah, there's, there's so many great moments in in House by the Cemetery. <laughs> One of my favorite moments with them is uh is um uh, the the entire bar gets like cracked in half. Yes. And like they're just like, well, the foundations must not be good. It's like you guys are there is mystical light emanating out of this like massive crack in your wall. A, You're just like It's a real bummer in this movie, and to be fair, almost all supernatural horror movies for the most part, where people for so long are just making excuses for like why these insane things are happening which you know yes in real life i don't think most people would be like well i think the gates to hell have opened people you know we'll be like there's an earthquake or it's a bad foundation um but it was pretty funny um i do think at least the first one most of all and i think has to do with the second third one also is just this like small town vibe quiet town thing where it's just like yeah who knows what's going on? Mm-hmm. We're just a, we're just a town. Yeah, they don't realize they're on the gates of hell. Two of the three times, and then I don't know. House of the Cemetery, it's not hell specific, but um, yeah, House of the Cemetery is the most like it's not exactly it's a little bit most off theme in terms of the the gates of hell aspect, but it is the most ridiculous in terms of like horrifying things have happened at this house and you guys are like well guess we're moving yeah. in okay that's another <laughs> obvious horror movie trope that it's like yeah people keep moving into the amityville house like that's just what people do but <laughs> haven't they seen the movies you would think um <laughs> the, no but i mean i mean from the very beginning they know this house is basically cursed but oh well yeah um so city of the living dead mm-hmm. <clears throat> This movie's so metal. It is. Um, it starts with this um, vision that isn't it? Katarina McCall it has is. the vision. Uh, yeah, Katarina McCall's Mary in this one. Yeah, um, she has a vision of a priest that uh, hangs himself. Mm-hmm. Father Thomas. Father Thomas, in doing so, unleashes the gates of hell, right. which if they're not closed by all saints day sure the world will the world will end yes. yeah they won't be able to stop and the, 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 the zombie the, horde yeah. that is coming for them mm-hmm. um so that is as much plot as i think we can get yeah, in this movie. I mean, the, so she has this vision and um it's cross-cutting between her at a seance where she's having this vision and yes i so. love a seance so i was on board immediately uh, and then she does a lot of fantastic screaming and then seemingly dies from fright. Um, you know, or at least that's what they seem to think happened. Um, the cop shows up, accuses them of doing a bunch of drugs, which is funny. Um, but, uh, by the way, she, Catherine McCall is, she's so beautiful. Like, and especially in this first one, um, one of the first. She ones, looks exactly like Naomi Watts. Yeah. If you want to try to picture her. Yeah. Very similar look. Um, one of the first notes I had about recurring themes, and I 
mentioned this to you while I was watching them is this is where we get the first of those close up eye shots. He likes to do these yes. shots where they like someone's it's like I'm showing you, but no one else can see me. Where it's it's like, the anime. Yeah, eyes. it's like the eyes just fill the frame. Um, and there's at least one of those in all three movies, and this is the first one, and it's just it's so... If you watch the trailer for the movie, it has that image in it. It's so creepy. Uh, awesome trailer. Yeah, awesome trailer. Uh, that'll, that'll really give you the vibe. Um, but yeah, she she gets buried alive, and then... <laughs> can we... Can we? Um... I mean, I'd rather not okay. talk well, first about of it, all... but we can. <laughs> First of all, like, well, we're we're gonna be go. It's gonna sound like we're just like skipping around and missing plot points. The movie skips I, the, around the, and misses plot points. So, but purposefully. Yes, yes, yes. It, no, I don't. I don't think that's unintentional. It feels like beyond Lynchian almost, where it's like Mulholland Drive is like it's a dream where like things right. happen and they're not supposed to happen more, but it's like it doesn't like fit together. But that's because that's how dreams feel. Mm-hmm. All of these. This is like, this is like the next version of that where it's like literally nothing happens that really takes any sort of story going um so then yeah she's buried alive but then she wakes up and starts screaming like we get the worlds and we we cannot spend this much time on the plot of all of these movies but this one for some reason just really stuck with me um we get these hilariously terrible like grave diggers who are just like the laziest, worst grave diggers that like they're like flipping coins for who has to get in the grave and and <laughs> do the actual digging, and then it's the end of the day and they haven't finished, and so they just thank God um, leave her yes. like in the coffin, just sort of sitting there by the open grave. Um, so I guess their laziness really paid off for her in the end because uh, our our main dude who is. Uh, reporter? Reporter, reporter, yeah. He's a he's an investigative um, reporter. Who's who's sort of knocking around the cemetery? What is he investigating? The death of the priest, or just no, the death of Mary? Because oh, he okay. they're in New York right now. Oh right. And the priest kills himself in Savannah. I yes, think. yeah. I forgot the, the little tiny town or whatever the name of it is. Um, but yeah, yeah. So he can barely hear her as it is, but thankfully he's just sort of you know poking around the cemetery and eventually hears her screaming, but not until, of course, she has entirely shredded her hands trying to uh, claw her way out. Oh. Yeah, it's gross. I, I don't I don't love that. <laughs> um, how how did they film Katarina McCall's face that close to the axe oh, going into the... That's the other thing. And then when he does start trying to break her out, it's like, your, your coffin's like this. You're gonna kill you're, her. You're gonna, if she's not dead now, you're going to axe her in the face. Um... Oh, it's gross. Yeah. Luckily, he doesn't axe her in the face. Uh, Fulci decided to restrain himself a little bit, but he gets her out, and then they're like, okay, we got to get to the place where Father Thomas is to stop it. It's called Dunwich. Right, which apparently um, is based on, uh, the name is taken from an H.P. Lovecraft novella called The Dunwich Horror. Oh, So it's a, it's a little okay. Lovecraft. Because I was like, Dunwich sounds like the name of a place in England or something. That's why I was like, that's a weird name. Yeah. But it's a... It's a Lovecraft reference. Yeah, it's it's in the Savannah, Georgia area, yeah. though. And I it, think. And so another thing that's crazy about these movies that I had no idea because I heard Fulci and Italian and sort of Giallo adjacent that I'm like, oh, so these must all be these creepy films all set in Venice or Rome or something. And I don't yeah. know, they're all in America. Um, and like in Savannah, and all, and this one's in Savannah, and we go to New Orleans. 
Um, and they like, and he went and we'll talk about the New Orleans one. But he went and like, yes, there were some interiors and studio stuff and pickup shots yeah, shot yeah. in Italy, but they largely shot these all on location. So yeah, at least so, all the outdoor well, stuff. He's coming over. I mean, you look at the the uh, what's crew on these films. They're all Italian, so he's bringing over his whole Italian crew yep. and his international stable of actors, and they're just like <laughs> going and filming in these southern towns. It's so fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, so basically, after this point, though, we forget about Peter and Mary for forty minutes of this hour and a half long movie. We gotta, and we just spend time with the people of Dunwich. We gotta, we gotta spend time with my girl Sandra. Yeah, wait, which one's She's Sandra? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I love her. She's crazy. She's the neurotic patient of the psychiatrist. Yes. <laughs> She's so... She, and it's just, it's one of those sort of stereotypical, like, horror movie tropey characters where we see her in the psychologist's office and she's complaining of, you know, all of her issues and anxieties and neuroses and visions and things. Um, mm-hmm. Which sets her up well later when really creepy shit starts happening. And she calls the psychiatrist mm-hmm. and she's like, I think I've lost my mind. I'm going insane. I'm hallucinating. And he yes. comes over and it's like, oh, no, no, no. There's just dead bodies. It's, <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say the the dead body turned to life that we have to talk about most is Emily. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I guess to the extent it matters who the other characters are, there is a psychiatrist, Jerry. Um, who is yes. treating his patient, Sandra, and who is dating his 19-year-old personal assistant, Emily, <laughs> seemingly? like they... Wait, he's dating Emily? I thought Bob was dating well, Emily. No, that's what's confusing. Because I think uh... he's dating Emily, so then why does Emily insist on going... And then he gets mad when she goes to see Bob. Bob, for our listeners, is the town weirdo bad boy <laughs> yeah bad boy, bad boy definitely not quite right no one wa- no one wants him around because then he's also later on with the uh other girl so he's just he's slinging around the town with a bad reputation yeah the dad of the other girl did not want him around to put it mildly that's true we'll get there um <laughs> okay so emily oh so we were talking about bob oh and bob, bob the drill okay now so we have jerry emily bob jerry emily bob Sandra. There's no. Uh, that's I think of all the characters that sort of go on the journey. There's the there's the idiots at the bar. There is. So who who's John John related to? John John is Emily. Emily's oh, brother. John John is Emily's younger so, okay, brother. Okay, and I, I only bring that up because every single one of these films also has a prominent child in it uh, uh-huh, who has yes. like, a really important part to play in like the story. The Beyond. Uh well. Poor Jill. Uh, oh, I mean, she's definitely in like the least amount of she's, screen she's time. The but least, she's the least important of the three. Y- you you remember her? <laughs> you remember uh, her fate? That's for sure. Um, that that's yes. Well, yes. She, she has a couple of really memorable scenes in in that movie. No, she's the, she's the least important. But I did think it was interesting that all three have mm-hmm. children who uh, go through some stuff, and at the very least, witness some horrifying. All three of the children in these movies just witness the absolute most horrifying, disgusting, like, deaths of their families, we... <laughs> basically. I know we keep on just referencing, like, we'll get to the house on the cemetery, but the child that plays Bobby in the house on the cem- by the cemetery had to go through therapy, probably, for just filming that movie. Yeah, he gets, he gets, yeah, he, he's, the, like, actual, so, God, we are all over the place, um... 
but that one is is the only the one is the one where Katrina McCall is sort of I'd say the least, like maybe even less than in this one. I mean, she's the mom. Yeah, she she probably has more screen time and by the cemetery. But it's less of her story. Yes, it's less of her story. Yeah, she's just there, but it's so much because the the little boy is the one who. And then another one of my themes I wrote down. There are um, maybe not. You have to sort of do some wiggling to make it work for uh, City of the Living Dead. But everyone has like what I'm calling an undead friend like a person who should be dead that's kind of like wandering around. I mean, explicitly in, you have Liza in Beyond and you have May in A House by the Cemetery. You don't really have a dead. Wait, you mean you mean Emily in, in the Beyond? No, no, no. Uh, oh, wait, no, sorry. I have them backwards. Liza's the main girl and Emily's the blind one. Emily's okay, the blind one. Sorry, so Emily in the Beyond. And then what is it at this one? That's, so this is where you kind of have to wiggle arguably Mary, because she was buried and now she's back. Um, and people are yeah, seeing fair. Father Thomas around. So it's not... Oh, actually, I would say it's Father, it's Father Thomas. Thomas, right? Because people are seeing him out and about. And he's yeah. definitely dead. Um, but it's just another... Oh, I guess the other two people that we see in the town are the the guy and girl getting on the car that witnessed some Father Thomas shit. Yeah, so what... Really, the main thing to know about City Living Dead is that Father Thomas killed himself in a cemetery. That was sacrilege. That's uh, getting ready to open the gates of hell. Um, and if, God forbid, you see him, uh, you're, you're, you're going to start bleeding from the eyes and, and maybe have some other things happen to you. <laughs> so uh, Side effects include... Side effects include... <laughs> blood pouring from your eyes and um, throwing and up your literal intestinal tract. So that's the... So there is this couple in the car and um, they witness father thomas um and the girl throws up all of her internal organs um and yeah i had heard about that in a movie before i watched it and it was exactly as gross as i was imagining it was going to be and you do you have that quote you were you told me about about what someone said about fulci and his gore where like it like it go oh. it, like basically he builds up to it for Builds up to the grossness yes, for so it, long that you think it's not going to happen, and then once it starts, it goes on for so long you think it's never going to stop or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't have that up, but that's and that's a perfect way to describe Fulci. This scene where they see uh, Father Thomas and start bleeding from their eyes and throwing up their guts is like the tension. He keeps on appearing and then disappearing, which is one of my favorite things in the movie. So like these, the zombies and Father Thomas can just appear out of nowhere and disappear. Right. Um, yeah. And so you never know when they're going to pop up. But so Father Thomas keeps up and appearing, hanging, and then alive, and then he's like he's like stalking them, and um, you're like, what the fuck is happening? And she starts slowly bleeding from the eyes, and you're like, Bleh. and then um, then the intestines come. Yeah. And I saw a letterbox reviewer that was like, the small intestine plus the large intestines about twenty feet long of intestines, and he's like, you show all twenty feet of that in this movie, and yeah. Yeah, it, it goes on. Yeah, I didn't care for that part. Um, I mean, effective, but uh, that was, <laughs> that was, that was t- also just like, it's so gushy. Like, all of the gore <laughs> in these movies are just, like, it's not spurting blood. It's not, I don't even know how to describe Like, it's just, it's so wet and gushy and just, um, pretty gross. Um, yeah. 
I will say it's very effective in showing like the the I don't know what's the right way to put it like the stakes that Father Thomas brings to any situation right. like he's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Do we know why he hung himself or does it even matter? No. It doesn't really matter, right? He just did and that was bad and now I the I found it interesting that each movie in the series got more and more specific about what like the um agency yes. or the reason behind what the villain was doing absolutely yeah it, and i think it does hit the right middle point with the beyond yeah where you don't have to like expose much like they do at the very end of cemetery by the, know, uh, yeah, by the, the, cemetery. the basement sequence in that movie you're like okay we we get it we <laughs> we get it we we like i put it together yeah, now exactly um so yeah and this one we don't fully know why but kind of scary that we don't yeah. he's insane right i mean almost he he's looking pretty bad even before he hangs himself like he, he was already in pretty rough shape so yeah um my shout out that we have to talk about though is emily yeah um really steals the movie in my opinion um so she's the 19 year old and you're right i looked it on wikipedia girlfriend yeah. of jerry yeah. um so she meets with Bob, and Bob, like, acts weird and sort of runs away, and this is when Father Thomas kills her by, like, stuffing her face in with his hand. You know, and I don't know if you wrote this down as a theme, but... Maggots? Maggots, worms... Yeah. yeah. Creatures of the dirt. Yeah. And apparently... Living in the undead. Have you seen Zombie? Or Zombie 2, or whatever? Seen a couple scenes okay. from that. I, I, I'm... Similar I thing. understand that the zombies in that are basically like yeah, very wormy, very buggy. Like I think that's you could just look at the poster of zombie on, on Letterbox and there's worms coming out of guys' eyes. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, I I have also heard too that like because I I was thinking about watching it like that poster is so gross I can't do it. But I I get the sense that that movie like these ones it's not you know gore it's like there's gory moments but it's not yeah. it's not like for, you know, 100 minutes straight. That's what you're looking at. Um, but no. There's a part where a zombie fights a shark in that that's movie. That's what I heard. That sounds great. Um, but yeah, I. that is absolutely another theme is that bugs, maggots, worms, like his, his dead bodies are rotting. They're not just sort yes. of shuffling around. They are rotting. Um, yeah. And I think this goes back to like a theme of death mm-hmm. that Fulgi has in his movies. I guess... He had a ton of health problems in his life, mm-hmm. and I think, and I also know he he was like as a, he studied as a doctor at one point, and I think he was a little obsessive about death, his impending death, and what was going to happen to him when he died. Yeah, just the absolute breakdown of a body, both while living and while dead. Yeah, and then he he went through some some stuff in his later years in terms of having a lot of bad health complications. So yes. Yes. And so like I could viscerally see those themes in the, the father's hand choking Emily out with just like worms everywhere. Maggots crawling all over it. Yeah. It's not even like blood covering his hand. It's like this black oily goop. Right. It's horrifying. And then it's also in this one that has like 
the maggot swarm, right? When the maggots come through <laughs> the windows and just swarm. So they're they're everywhere. Um, yes. Um, yeah. So Emily dies, and then Emily becomes a recurring haunt, yeah. I would say, throughout the movie. Um, definitely haunting poor John John. Yeah, she kills John John's family. Oh, there's a great scene where John John's looking outside of a window, um, and he's like, "What? What the heck?" And then like a light turns on, and you see Emily's face like right there. Right. Well, so that's her family, right? So that's John John's her little brother, and those are her yes. parents. And so like he, John John goes and freaking I hate that name, but it's what we have. So John John <laughs> JJ yeah, John John goes and like says to his parents who not to be rude about actors or anything look more like his grandparents than his parents i was i was, I was genuinely confused by i was like is emily his mom somehow and these are well, anyway um you could say like jerry like she's almost dating her father with as jerry but like jerry's yeah the the, the parents of emily look like jerry's pretty parents. much yeah but then so john john's telling them like you know i see emily and emily's here and you know they have having to be like oh no she's dead and then uh no emily emily goes and kills her her parents, um, quite dead, and poor John John is uh, <laughs> left alone with that. Hey, at least Jerry is one of the few people in this movie to live. He can give him therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going to, yeah, the children in these movies are gonna, <laughs> they, they really get to the ringer. Um, so, let's see, we're, we've talked about most of the people so far. Emily's dead. Um, the the last thing I think we really ought to talk about with like the people in the town before um, Mary and uh, what's the other guy's name Peter Peter get into town um, Bob yeah poor Bobby poor Bob um. he gets into some girl's house or he he climbs their fence trying to escape from Father Thomas right. And kind of is sleeping there, and one of the, the girl there finds him. And, like, seem, seems to know him, or they seem to have some sort of pretty yeah. relationship. She says, like, let's hang out and smoke pot or something like that. Like, you know, yeah. and he's like, your dad can't find me. And, like, oh, it's no big deal. Except for then her dad shows up, and uh, it's very much a big deal. And so, like, while I was watching the scene, I was like, this isn't really like no so one crazy? react like what? this but it's like then it happens and i'm like by fulci dream logic this actually does make so, sense and when we say it happens what we mean is the the teenage girl's father finds bob chases him around ends up holding him down on like a construction type table that has one of those gigantic drill things on it and just pushes him slowly so slowly that you think it's not going to actually happen. And obviously exactly. he's going to stop or Bob's going to get away slowly until this huge spinning drill. That's like a big around as a broom handle. Um, just, just, just it's drills huge. straight through Bob's head all the way in one temple out the other temple. It just keeps uh-huh. going. And the thing is like the drill goes just as slowly going towards him as it is inside. inside his head going through. Yeah. It, yeah. it goes forever. Um, and what's, so what's actually crazy about this scene that I didn't even really occur to me while I was watching it is like, this is just a dude murdering a dude. Like, this is not... Yes. I mean, I guess you maybe there's an implication that Father Thomas's energy is like making people extra evil or something, but that's not really explored anywhere else. Otherwise, the only... It feels like a nightmare. Right, only, the only other deaths or killing that happen are directly related to like supernatural stuff. This, just in the middle of this movie... 
poor Bob gets killed by this guy. It's so strange. <laughs> Again, like, I feel like if I had a dream where, like, the undead were coming over, I could have... I could just be on such an edge where I'd be like, oh, someone then puts a drill through my yeah, head or something. Exactly. Yeah. Everything's going Not that I've dreamed that. Everything's but going like, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Mary and Peter get there. Um, and they meet Jerry, Sandra, and John John. Yeah. And we have sort of our cohort for the for the final act for of this movie trying to stop a Father few Thomas. Minutes until Emily catches up with them and um what what does she do to Sandra? She again? Rips the back of her head off. Just a whoop. Just a a whoop is about the perfect way to just, describe she it. She just reaches out with her hand and just pulls the back of her head off, including like takes like a third of the bits. brain with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor Sandra. <laughs> that, was, that was a rough end for her. Oh, we we forgot to mention. Well, we we briefly mentioned it, but like there's a maggot attack. Yeah. Just before this yeah. happens, um, and this is shown in the trailer, and it literally just looks like. They had, like, packing peanuts or, like, maggot-looking things, and they just sort of, like, air-sprayed them into, like, this room, and it's like, there's a maggot! So I was like, real, oh, that's gonna be kind of a silly scene. real maggots, though. The scene, it's like, oh, no, there's real maggots. And, like, they go close-ups on, like, maggots sticking to people's faces mm-hmm. and, like, in clumps. And I mentioned to you, like, if you know what trypophobia is, it's not exactly holes, which trypophobia is more specifically but about, little, but it's, tiny, like, yeah. these weird, small in corrections and how something should look and like because it looks like a skin color it's like oh my god yeah. it's gross it's very gross very um yeah so then sandra gets her head ripped off or part of her head ripped yeah. off that's even worse like i've seen in horrifying horror movies like people's heads get ripped off i don't think i've ever seen part of someone's head get ripped off yeah <laughs> no, I, I and it happens a couple of times in these movies where like a chunk of somebody's head gets ripped off. Doesn't Peter get a part of his head yes. ripped off too? Is that he how he dies? Yes, he dies the, the, he's like, the next one to die, yes. and I think he's the well, only other one. Sandra of the... turns around and does it to him. So it's it's basically how Emily oh, kills yes. Sandra. Sandra then shows back up and kills Peter in that same way by uh, ripping off the back yeah. of his head. Um, we will. We should also clarify that um, murdering Mr. Ross. Um, ends up at uh, ends up do- does end up getting his. Um, oh, he, he very much does. <laughs> when uh, because now uh, Bob is is part of the undead horde and uh, they're they're coming for people. Yeah, um, great scene of just zombies showing up out of nowhere and like, oh no. Yeah. They look great. I mean, they look horrifying, mm-hmm. but Emily's got all the maggot shit on her face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we end up with our, our final our final crew basically well it was it was Mary, Peter, Jerry, and Sandra. Sandra gets killed by Emily right before the final sequence. Or at the start of the Sandra final sequence, Sandra Peter. kills Peter. So we're left with just John John goes with yes, a police. Yes, they hand him off to there's like police cars show up and they send him running with the police cars. And then Mary and Jerry go down into sort of like the the bowels of the, the Father Thomas's family tomb at the cemetery, um, and we get a from the, from their what? <laughs> from their tombs. Tombs. Um, and we get a we get a pretty I would say kick ass final sequence awesome. of all of the the dead people in the tomb coming back to life. And 
apparently in this universe you kill zombies by disemboweling them. Um, well, it it felt like um, yes, but so they they see Father Thomas and the special effects on this dude are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's almost like a vampire. Like the whole time I was like, this is like very Bela yeah. Lugosi vibes of just like I'm gonna stare with all intensity at the camera. And so when Jerry picks up a wooden cross and stabs uh, Father Thomas yeah. in the belly, I was like, oh, so it is just kind of a vampire thing. And so. When he stabs him, all of his entrails yeah, fall out. Sort of roots around like, there a little again, bit. All of them come yeah. out. Takes a lot. Takes a while um, for them to all fall out too. Yep. Um, and uh, Ma- Mary starts getting like the blood tears, and again, it's like it doesn't happen. And we're like, okay. Right. Yeah, because yeah, because we've kind of been led to believe that if you see Father Thomas, you you know you, you get the blood tears. Usually, right before something else terrible happens, but. I guess she's saved essentially. Like before, it's too late for her. She's yeah, yeah. They uh, they do they kill Father Thomas and um, all the all the corpses burst into flames and you have these sort of like flaming awesome. zombies who are kind of like stumbling around until they all collapse and become just bones. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's so cool looking. It's very cool. Um, and then we get the ambiguous final shot of this movie that you were going to tell me is yeah, your so, theory. So you, you're, you're very... Well, yes. I'll, I'll, then I'll go ahead and explain it. So, basically, Mary gets to the top of ground with Jerry outside of the tomb. They see John, 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 run, John runs towards her. And you said she screamed because she was still understandably catatonic. Yeah, yeah it, to me, I mean... I don't think you can know for certain why, but because because at first they're laughing, so it goes yes. from so Jerry and Mary come out, and they see the authorities, they see John John, and they're kind of doing this like ha 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 ha, like we're so relieved that we're laughing, and then as John John gets closer and closer, running faster, Jerry doesn't really change his reaction. He kind of just sits there, and then she just starts screaming, and then we get a freeze frame of John John, and then like a creepy like black cracking of the screen, and then. What what happened? Yeah, when I watched that, my initial reaction was like, "We obviously seem to be in a POV." Mm -hmm. My thought was either the zombies had come back, and so one of them grabbed her head off from behind. Oh, okay. Because that was a thing that they kept on getting the head from the behind. The other thing was, I thought she had started throwing up her guts. Oh, okay. All right. Like, so maybe that she hadn't been saved in time and she was suffering the... Yeah, either she hadn't been saved in time or they didn't actually okay. save the world in time. Okay. Yeah, either one of those makes sense. Because when I first watched it, I thought that, like, there was some sort of visual clue that John John had been turned into a zombie. And so that's why, nope. right, but, right. And so that's why I was like, "Oh, what did I miss?" And I rewound it back and I watched it again. And I'm like, "No, he looks totally fine." So that's why I was like, "I cannot figure out." But I, I assume it's intentionally ambiguous. Um, yeah. Just yeah. again, we talked about how these movies seem designed to sort of leave you feeling off kilter, and that's what the ending. <laughs> he just does. does it to you, and then he's like, "All right, cool." <laughs> I don't know if you had any other reason, just be saying like, to, 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 "Cool." To you reference feel back to the, the Screen Drafts episode where they talked about these movies, when they talked about this ending, there was some speculation that, like, 
maybe there had been a different ending shot and they were going to have a bleaker mm. ending. Like you said, where it was more obvious that like they hadn't stopped it, but then it got edited down in such a way where now there's no visual cues, but we still have her screaming. And so it kind of is this middle ground, like, well, it looks like a happy ending, but it can't really be a happy ending. So. Yeah. So did you re-listen to that episode? I did. Yes. This, this morning. Okay. So I do think we need to mention that. They brought up that Lucio Fulci is like all-time favorite movie and most influential film, and it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Is the movie we covered on our podcast because it's an Ebert's Great Movies essays, but Edgar G. Ulmer's Detour. Hell yeah, good movie. Another movie of nothing really making sense, sort of slapshot together, but logic, purposefully. An ending that was kind of done ambiguously for various external reasons. Yeah, yeah, and like that's just pure Fulci. I mean, just add, like, horror gore, and it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that, that um, was a wild reveal when they were like, and one of his biggest influences was Detour. I was like, wow, okay, great. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Alright, so that's City of the Living Dead. You want to quickly rate and review rate, rate it? Five minutes in. We've, we've done a lot of our preamble, though, so that's okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, absolute thumbs up for me. Thumbs up. Um, and I I didn't rate it when I first watched it, and after, after watching all three, this one really rose in my estimation. Um, so I, uh-huh. I'd give it three and a half out of four. I'd go three and a half out of yeah, four, too. It was, uh, like, I... A very, very high three I and think, a half out of four, and this is, Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and I, I made this comment about, in my letterbox review of The Beyond, where I'm like, The Beyond is so much better than See the Living Dead. And I, I still think it is, but I also think that... Like it just, I just needed to get on the Fulci way. Yeah, like, sure. Like, and so that's why after watching all three, I was like, you know what? City of the Living Dead was really good, and I just spent. A- I think City of the Living Dead has the coolest visual vibe to and it. That theme, like, I the, the music in the Beyond is obviously great, but oh my god, the main theme from this movie is freaking banger. It's so good. This one's got like the the. So we need to talk about Fabio yeah. Frizi before we get into the Beyond. Yeah. Um who is his main composer, he worked on the first two. Um, if you listen to Zombie or City of the Living Dead, it's like, what if disco punk, yeah. but scary? Yeah. And um, it's awesome. What, what was the the screenshot that we both took from the opening um, of The Beyond? Of the Beyond yeah. it, here, let me pull it up real quick. The um, hilarious caption, that if you're watching with captions on, which at least I always do... Um, just an absolutely hilarious caption. Oh, here it is. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Where over over the absolutely upsetting image of somebody's face melting off, um, the little caption comes up in front of these and says, spooky music with a beat, um, which is just <laughs> the... That's Fabio Frizi and, and Lucio Fulci in a nutshell. that, which I did not screen capture, is like melting and hissing noises or like the, the caption beforehand basically captions the disgusting noises of somebody's face melting off and then immediately flips to yes. spooky music with a beat and you're like yep that's that's where we're at that, that's true that is true um yeah so i think um much more spooky music with a beat in city of the yeah. living dead the beyond score and i think this ties into like the feeling of the beyond compared to the city of the living dead um, it sounds like the Devil's Opera mm-hmm. come to life with groovy beats underneath. Yeah, lots of 
shrilly, shrieky sopranos singing like it's the end of times mm-hmm. or but there's just always that horrifying baritones there, there, there is even even in the beyond not as much but even in the beyond there is that sort of like thudding like sort of almost disco-y like thump thump, thump yes beat behind everything yeah um i just like the addition of that choir element that gets added in the beyond yeah. that separates it from what city living dead at least the zombie theme that i listened to sounds like did you listen to the zombie I did. theme I, I checked that out uh, what a banger. Yeah, because, again, on, on that Screen Drafts podcast, that's the theme they called out as being, like, the most disco-y, like, track. Yeah. And it is. It's great. Um, Yeah, I'm just... We'll get to it, but I'm just so bummed Freezy did not score House by the Cemetery. Yeah. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. It has, like, a has an okay theme. Like, it, it's standout. Well, it's, 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 the score is all right. But it's, it's just yeah, not Freezy. Um, yeah, so the Beyond. This is the main one we'll be talking about today, because I actually have notes on this one. I, I started making notes, and but like basically all of my notes were just writing down um all of the Good well, all Lord. of like the supporting characters. Like there's so many characters in this that um are <laughs> Joe the I wrote, Yes. So are you are you old enough to remember or do you remember Joe the Plumber as like an American political uh cultural figure? Okay, go ahead and Google Joe the Plumber. So I I figured you did not have the context for that, but in the 2008 presidential, so do you remember Ken Bone? (laughs) All like I so we oh yeah yeah similar vibes. Joe the Plumber um, was a guy who like went viral during the 2008 election because at like some sort of small town campaign stop, he like confronted Obama on camera about like. I'm a small business owner and your policies are going to put me out of business. And then he became like the face of small town, rural America, small business owners. And like, of course, turned it into freaking dumb notoriety and went on talk shows and just became, became mm-hmm. this figure, Joe, the plumber. Um, so that's just an annoying thing about America as a society and our political system. Um, but so when, when uh joe the plumber is introduced in this movie i like got a real genuine kick out of that because i was like oh wow joe the plumber okay um <laughs> so that was a very boring reference but for for people who you know are who have traumatic memories of the 2008 presidential election um that was a was an embarrassingly important figure of that time period yeah so, but i i do i do enjoy uh joe and joe's Poor whole family. Just, uh, just really. Nothing good happens to them. Three distinctly terrible ways to die, I would say, for Joe and Mrs. Joe and Jill, daughter of Joe. Jill. Um, (laughs) Jill, daughter. (laughs) I think they have a last name. Um, I so well. (laughs) You sound. It sounds like Game of Thrones. That's true. It does. Um, we'll we'll back up to the the cold open, which is freaking amazing. But speaking of uh, characters working on the house. Um, the house painter, Larry, um, is maybe my favorite character in all three movies. Has the most... The one that falls? Yes, the one that falls. Has it... Guys up on a, on a little, ter- you know, little riser thing painting the house. And, um, uh, Katrina McCall, who is Liza, yes. Uh, Katrina McCall, uh, who's Liza, who inherited this house, is like, oh, you know, hey, Larry, how's it going? And he's just like, oh, hey there. And, like, has this, like, insanely, not, it's like a 
southern accent. I don't know what they're, I'm assuming they're trying to do a southern accent. Does not sound like it. Um, and then she was like, okay, Larry, looking great. And he goes, bye. And just like goes, it's, it's <laughs> not a way any conversations ever happened in real life. Um, but then he immediately turns around, sees the vision of a blind Emily. Emily. See, there's Emily's in both of these movies. That's why I'm getting confused. Sees the version of okay. blind Emily and then falls off down to the ground Whoa! and then starts having blood pouring from his face. It's just, he goes through, it's, it's a 30 second sequence and I watched <laughs> it like three times because it was so wild. Um, <laughs> anyway, I had a shout out Larry. Uh, I knew I was on, on in good hands when that sequence happened. I was like, okay. Gotcha. I'm feeling this vibe, but let's let's back up to uh, to the cold, the cold open, yeah. which is one of the best scenes in the it's whole series. Really I'd say good. it's. I was pretty blown away. I have to say, it's like all colors taken out of it's, it's sepia it. tone. It's, it's like it's it's, it's pure yeah. sepia. It's it, it's sepia to the point of black mm-hmm. and white films. Yeah, it's like a tan um, black and white. Yeah, and it's so spooky, especially knowing what what it is. But like these. Sh- Boats just sort of appear out of a mist on, like, a river or a lake. People have, like, clubs and axes with them, and it's just like, oh my god. Like, the evil is just, like, slowly approaching this movie. Um, They go inside this hotel, and they find... They use the word warlock, but it's just a dude. He's just painting. He's a painter. Um, he de- he does have the, the, the book of the devil or whatever on he, him. And is, is that Ebon he, he, he or Ibon or the Enoch? Enoch? I, I, no, I think Ebon was the book in City of the Living Dead. Okay, there's, there's, Enoch was the book in the there's, Beyond. There's all kinds of books. There's no book in uh, House by the Cemetery. Right. <laughs> House by the Cemetery is definitely the most different of the three. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on its own wavelength. Um... So, they come in, oh, they, they, how would you say, they whip his face with a, a, like, a boat, an anchor chain? Yeah, and this is where you really see the difference between what Fulci does versus what most, especially modern horror directors would do. Like, I've seen people be whipped and lashed in various movies and it's not ever fun to watch and sometimes you'll see like a little ridge on the skin or something um no that this guy is getting like whipped and his skin is just, just bursting open and just blowing, blowing up. And just, just the first one happens and it's on his across face. his cheek yeah. and um the cheek is no longer there yeah it, it's it's just everything ratcheted up to Eleven, like even yeah, even acts of violence you've seen in other movies. It's like no, we're really gonna. And again, this is maybe why it didn't bother me because either I'm like, well, you know, I think this is more extreme than what would actually happen. I don't know. Yeah. I thankfully never you know seen anything like that in real life. So what I think would actually happen is probably based on sanitized um, films. But it, it was it was just so extreme that you're just like, oh. Okay, he's getting hit with a chain and his half of his face explodes. All right, like, yeah, um, they nail him to a yep. wall. We see very close up shots of the the that big was, steel nail. I was pretty glad this sequence was in that sepia tone. I gotta say, that's that's the other yeah. thing. Yeah, and speaking of Tarantino, it's it's like you know that the sequence in in Kill Bill where it flips into black and white because it was getting like too yeah. blood soaked, like. 
that that gives you a nice layer of remove when you're not looking at especially oh especially because Fulci, the colors when they're so lush are so oh he he is a director who loves so i appreciate this being not in full color so that i could have a step back from what i was witnessing yes um they they don't nail it into his hands though they nail it into his wrists Right where that vein is, which causes blood, if, if you didn't know. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, they don't stop there, either. They then take... Um, I could just... You, you've seen the IT crowd? Yes. I've just heard Roy's voice when he's in the wheelchair just going, Acid! Just like, it's so gross, like that's the only way I could say just acid they throw acid on his face and we'll and we'll get back to that later um oh will we <laughs> this this movie really this this one's real acidy there's a lot of a lot yeah. of skin and bodies being melted right into goo and so this is this this is a death this is terrifying but while this is happening, a person working in the hotel named Emily is reading out of the book of Enoch. I think it's yeah, Enoch. Um, like reading like the devil's worship or whatever. Like we have come to destroy you or something. I, if it were me, I would simply not read out loud from the spooky book. But that's, <laughs> that's your call. That's, that's a choice. That's a different choice that I would make. Um, have you, yes. ha- have you seen Cabin in the Woods yet? No? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, yeah don't read like a lot of the when, when the one care, when the Frank Rand's character is like, stop reading. What are you doing? And it's, <laughs> that was me watching her continuing to read from the book in this opening scene. I'm just like, put the book down. Don't, don't read out loud from the, e-. that easy. It's that easy. You just put it down. Um, but no, she, she's reading out loud from the cursed book. Yeah. And so. We get just the awesomest thing ever, which is, so the whole time it's been in sepia, black and white, basically, when she finishes the line, um, this flame bursts forth from the book, engulfs her head, and right as the flame bursts out, it's all color, blues, whites, yellows of the flame, um... We zoom in on the flame alone, we start the, the, the opening credits with... The main song that I was trying to describe, like, how, how can you even put words to how that song sounds? It's good. There's a jazzy bass underneath, and yeah, like the chorus it's, of hell. Yeah. It's yeah, it's pretty cool. It's so awesome, and just like that hitting during that moment where all the color comes in and the credits start rolling. It's it's the best, the best. Um, I did 
so when the title came up, it was like a f- dot 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 full sentence exclamation point I, word. I meant, to, I meant to try to screenshot that or write it down. It was like La Dahlia. Like, yeah, this, that's the thing that's funny about this. I, the entire opening credit sequence and the title and everything fully in Italian. But the entire movie yes. entirely in English. So Okay, I'm going to try to read the Italian. Oh, good luck. E tu vivrai nel terrore la areala. Okay. I'm gonna get Did you try to Google Translate that? Um, well, I asked my Italian friend because I tried Google Translate and I was like, "This doesn't make any sense." It came up with something like, "You live in the afterlife with fear." Okay, that would be a badass title, though. <laughs> yeah, but so what it is is, uh, they wrote, "And you will live in pure terror!" Exclamation point. The beyond. Okay. Okay. That that. That actually tracks with the Google Translate, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just like when when Google spat it out, I was like, "That's not what it is saying in the context of what yeah. the name the Beyond sure. is or whatever." Um, so yeah, getting that like someone to directly translate, translate yeah, it and that. like understand what was going yeah. on was helpful. Um, so yeah, that's an opening. It's good. Um. So basically, we we've met Larry. Larry's dead. Yeah. Or no, Larry doesn't die. He goes to he a hospital. Yeah, he goes to the hospital. He does some mumbling about like, "Lady, no eyes." The dead. The dead. Yeah. He 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 knocks his head real hard and does a bunch of rambling. He's our bridge to meet our our doctor character. Yes. Um, this guy so, rules, by the way. Um, I think the doctor. Yeah. I think he's my favorite of the the various men in these movies. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty that, similar to the to the investigative reporter to to Peter in the first one. Sure, but, um, sure. I will say I think that's because the level of the men in these movies is much worse oh, yes, than the level of the women in these movies. Yes. Um. Apparently, he's in uh, Fulci's The Black Cat. Also. Let's go. Yeah, we'll get there. Um. But he is. He was also like a Western actor and was in like a Leone movie and stuff like that. So he. Oh, which uh, Leone movie? Fistful of Dynamite. Oh, Ducky slash Ducky Sucker. Oh, yes, slash Ducky Sucker. Um, yeah, but okay. I'm just saying that that kind of plays out, in, especially in that final sequence once he has to start uh, shooting some zombies. He, he, he has that Western yeah. vibe. He's in the very infamous uh, Joan Crawford movie Trog. Oh, okay. Which that's a weird movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's one, actually, really quickly, that's one interesting thing is, they cast almost entirely Italian, except the two leads, almost every movie, are not right. Italian, so, and, and then they still dub so, them, that's incorrectly. That's what I was going to ask, is if Katrina McCall is dubbed in, English. The, she's English, so is she dubbed in these movies? She still looks dubbed. But she does, and so, and the only one in the opening scene... Uh, in the seance scene in City, when she's, like, sort of possessed and talking about her vision, that, to me, sounds like that's her real voice. Like, it's like, it kind of sounds English-accented, but then the rest of the movies, I'm like, is she being dubbed over? Like, it's so... I can, there's parts where the dialogue does not look like it's with her lips, which... It reminds me, me crazy. of, uh, circling back to the great movies, 
um, maybe it was like a an eight and a half situation where it's yeah. like, well, we don't really know what we want the dialogue to be, so just say some stuff, yeah. and your lips aren't going to match, and we'll just dub it over later, not because you can't speak English, but just because yeah. we don't want to commit to these lines right now. Yeah. Could be that. Um, so after Larry the Painter... Um... Yeah, bumps his head, they meet the doctor. Falls. <laughs> like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, um, they meet the doctor, then in comes Joe the sure plumber. Was. The, the basement's <laughs> flooded, he's gotta look into it. <laughs> the, there's this line that Katarina McCall had that made me laugh so much, where she's like, the, there's no water coming out of the phosphorus, but the basement's flooded. Can you explain that? It's like, yeah, because the pipes have burst and all the water's going into the yeah. basement and not through the faucets. Yeah, that, that's not actually uh, in contradiction with one another. <laughs> no. Uh, but then, uh, what's the name of the person? Uh, Martha, like oh. the, the house maiden at Hell the hotel, yeah. has Martha. built like a walkway for Joe. And they give each other these eyes. I'm like, oh, they fucked. Martha, Martha Martha's bringing on a real strange energy. Um, oh, she she has an insane she, energy. We'll get to my favorite Martha moment very I, soon. I wrote down that she's my favorite of of the sort of almost inexplicably creepy characters, like the characters that are introduced. <laughs> I think kind of as red herrings, where it's like her energy and her vibe is so strange that you're like, is she? supernatural is like she's somehow like no i think she's just a weirdo but uh it yeah. kind of comes back with the with the babysitter in the third one and like every once in a while you have these people who are just like whoa you're you're really uh you're really bringing some vibes. i think you could say that with the dad when he puts yeah Bob's exactly where you have the these characters one. who is just like are you like tied up with supernatural evil or are you just a weirdo uh, sometimes they're saying <laughs> uh weirdo yeah um but so Joe, 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 and Martha give each other eyes. Okay. That is like that's suspicious. Um, but uh, Joe goes down in the basement. He like hammers through a wall and sees like the symbol of hell written right. on which, the yeah, wall. Yeah, which we've seen, I think, in the open too. That symbol. Yeah, that. yeah. And so we're like, oh shit! And uh, then he like starts hammering at another hole, and it just sort of like melts apart. Probably because the acid used to be there, but um, I'm like, ugh, that's weird. Yeah. Yep. This hand comes out of nowhere and just grabs Joe's face and uh, rips his sure eye. Does. Yeah, I just kind of pops right out, uh, squeezes mm-hmm. right out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Joe does not last long at all. No, I will say it's also important that. The acid that gets thrown on the warlock's face. What's his name? Do, we, do you remember his name? He has a name. I can tell you. Schweck. 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 Yeah. Um, the the acid that gets poured on him all like very specifically hits his mm-hmm. eyes, and I think this is a recurring theme that like every death is yeah, eye related. Blindness and and eyes are are definitely a recurring thing. It's definitely, like, the evils of hell are too much for humans to un- see or understand. And, and, uh, calling out my, my recurring theme of the, the shot of the eyes. One, we do see it in the um, beginning with um, Emily, I guess, reading when she's reading the book. Yeah. And then we'll see it again much later towards the end. With we have one of my favorite Lassa. moments of it soon when we get reintroduced to yeah, Emily. Yeah, so they, they, do, they, um, they do those eye shots a, a lot in this one. 
And because all these deaths are coinciding with eye shots <laughs> and there's this blindness of the people that come back from the dead, um, like, story thematically works with his style of liking to shoot yeah. eyes. I think it works excellently Absolutely. in the movie. Um, so Joe dies. Yeah, Joe's dead. Um, then Martha sort of goes down to the basement to be like, why isn't Joe right. come back? Um, she sees Joe very mm-hmm. dead, and it's just like, okay, no reaction. Absolutely right. none to so dead Joe. Like, okay. And then Schweck's, like, decomposed, acid-ridden body, like... Comes out, yeah. Comes out of the water, and, um, then she decides, now is the time to scream and freak out. Not when the person you the person knew you was knew dead... From- like, 30 minutes ago, who you made eyes at, now, yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, of course he's dead. I saw him go to the basement. Another dead person in the basement. Well, that's now a little a upsetting. Problem, yeah. Um, so, basically, the doctor comes back, takes those bodies out, they go to the hospital. Um, oh, I, I would like to apologize. Ebon is the book oh. from... From this one? Or Ibon or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so the, the doctor comes back and takes the uh, the bodies to the hospital. Yeah. Um, at this point, Lies is driving along a highway and gets stopped by Which someone. beautifully shot, by the way. That, like, I almost, I almost made that my, my background as opposed to what it is, which is final shot of the movie. But instead, I almost made it that, like, big stretch of highway because, like, when it shows her just driving this big empty road, there's just, just the wide nothing. angle it's, it's, lens it's they insanely use. Insanely wide angle shot. There's just nothing, and she's just it's her terrifying. car alone. That to me, like that image, is like scarier than any acid mutilated body falling out of the wall. Because like yeah. the most scared I've ever been in like real life is like driving alone, like totally like especially if it's like in the dark and like there's nowhere anyone uh-huh. as far as I can see, and you're like, this is the actual scariest situation. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So like yeah. That well, that's the great so thing creepy. is like he's gonna throw you off by aciding off right. Schweck's face, but then when it comes to like, it, what the fuck? Why is no one around? Desolation. Yeah. Um, man, desolation is the perfect word yeah. for this movie. Um, and basically, Liza gets out of her car, has like a quote quote stare down with emily but it's a perfect they look exactly they do the same. They, they look exactly the same yeah they're very mirror images and i i i think when i watched it the first time i thought it was the same yeah actress. i when i watched it the first time two days ago um in that opening <laughs> scene i'm like oh this is katrina mccall because i had just seen see living dead and so i was like oh okay so yes. now here she is again and then when we see her in the modern times i'm like oh they're doing a thing but then when they're both together i'm like oh it's not the same lady <laughs> okay like i i was convinced it was both her and that's kind of amazing because they go through the they do this shot reverse shot of them with their mm-hmm. eyes with with the, the fulcher shot that you mentioned and emily has got like this horrifying uh like contact looking thing over her eyes but it's supposed to make her eyes look like completely rotted yeah. white and her blindness um just a perfect like we can see emily what Emily is to, or what Liza is to become. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> well, we're I, talking about all these movies. I, I was kidding. But I mean, I think even in that scene, it's like, 
Liza is entering into like what Emily has yeah, seen it, and caused to it, be well, unseen. Now, now she has her an undead friend of her own um, <laughs> that is going to just sort of guide her through the rest of this movie. Yeah. The great thing is Liza has an undead friend who has a living friend. Dickie. Emily has a living friend. Yeah. Dickie, the German a Shepherd. Woman who is seemingly the spirit of somebody from like 60 years earlier does seem to have a very real seeing eye dog. I don't know. I have questions. But you know what I will say? Didn't occur to me till just now to, to be confused by that. So when you're in the moment, it doesn't bother you. Because it's dream logic. Exactly. Dickie's a good dog. Dickie is an awesome dog. dog. For most of the movie. Yeah, well, you know, he's, he's, he does the best he can. He, he is still in one of these movies. (laughs) While he is in his normal head, he does as good of a dog as you could ask to do. Um, so what happens after this? Oh, next scene is, um, when Jill and Joe's wife, um, go to the hospital Say, is that it when they go? And I'm trying to remember when they end up at the hospital. I think it's now. And I don't even know how to describe the scene. One of the doctors decides to put an EKG monitor on the rotted corpse of Schweck. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's the thing that happens. For shits and giggles. But again, in this dream logic world, it's like, sure. that That could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it allows us to see that, like, Schweck is still sort of living what he wants to be. Um, the mom goes inside and dresses Joe in a tuxedo, Mm -hmm. which was weird. She undressed and then dressed her mutilated, uh, husband. Um, she then screams. We don't fully know why she screams. Next thing we know, Jill runs in, the mom's on the ground, and this container, again, acid, acid, um, falls off the table by its own accord, straight onto her face. If you thought the drill scene or the vomit scene lasted a long time, let me tell you about this woman's body being melted by acid, (laughs) because I'm pretty sure it lasts- The whole thing is melted by acid. 20 minutes, I'm pretty sure it was 20 straight minutes of her body, and then it just- (laughs) It it turns into like this like red foam. It gets like foamy, yes. And you're just watching it, and it goes on for so long. And Jill's just standing there watching her mother be turned into like red red goop, goop foam by acid. And it just when I when I say the things the children in these movies witness, like this is probably <laughs> even considering what happens in. The end of, of House by the Cemetery. This might be the worst thing. Is is uh, poor Jill watching her mom just turn into red goop uh, via acid in this in this hospital room. It's not good. The crazy thing is, like, the glass doesn't even look mostly full right. when it starts tipping. Or if I don't I don't know, but whatever, however much acid falls on her face, is got to be like twenty times the amount as like just one glass could hold. Yeah. It goes on, and um, it's very scary, I will say. Yeah. Um, so the, next we see Jill at, like, her f- parents' funeral, mm-hmm. though. And, uh, again, dream logic, uh, Eliza just shows up and just says hi to Mary and leaves. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, this is this is really where the like it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, in terms of what things no, happen no. and when they happen, it just seems it just feels like a dream and it creeps just me out. Happen, yeah, um, right. And the whole time, Liza's like looking down and has you know, her eyes closed, and it's like, yeah, she's in grief. And then she opens up, it's like, right. <gasps> she's blind. And like, and Emily's been like, you know, is is like befriending Liza and like trying to like tell her not to go through with the you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. hotel plan. And um, I will say, according according to Wikipedia, both Emily and Dickie are like silent, and you can't hear them coming or going. So maybe. Maybe Dickie is a. I was about to say that Dickie is a ghost dog too. Uh, I don't know when or how she acquired <laughs> a ghost know. dog, but it doesn't matter. Well, there's one specific scene that I was about yeah. to mention where um, Emily goes to the hotel and basically this is like her one moment of exposition in the movie where she's like, "You haven't left. I need to tell you what's going on." And um, again, every time I told you that 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 theme kicked in, I was just like, "Let's go." Let's because like right when she's like, I need to tell you what's going on. Right. It cuts to like a first person view of like us approaching room thirty six where yeah. Shwek died, and it's like there's something still haunting this mm-hmm. house. Um, as she's explaining like what happened, so it like I didn't feel like the exposition scene was like to stopping the plot yeah. at least because like there is simultaneously it it almost felt like a De Palma movie yeah. where it's like let's have someone talk and explain something while the actual it's action is going yeah. on. And it's like, it's not in a split-screen diploma, but it feels like right. it could be. Um, and basically, Room 36 calls down to the... Right. Which like, is, oh, but there's right. no one in Room 36. The beginning, since they first showed up, yeah. it's been ringing and buzzing it for Room 36. And they thought it was just like, oh, a glitch. But, mm-hmm. but uh, when Emily runs away from that scene, um, she runs away. But then there's a moment where Liza's like trying to process what's happening. Mm-hmm. And there's this amazingly gorgeous slow motion shot of Emily running mm-hmm. to no sound of to her. No, to soundless, yeah. Horrifying. Yeah, that is some okay. scary shit. Because Emily has never seemed scary until, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, we're not afraid of her, really. She's off, but you're not afraid of her. Yeah, her eyes are creepy. Well, sure, but other than that. But there's something really supernatural to just her not being able to make a sound mm-hmm. when she walks. Right. yeah. Um, the doctor comes to Emily and is like, or sorry, comes to Liza and is like, yo, what are you up to? And Liza's like, oh, there's this creepy stuff happening. I met this blind girl named Emily that lives here. And he's like, but no one lives at that house. This is maybe the most distracted the movie gets. 60 years. Yeah. That's like the most sort of, uh. There is one fault in the movie would be like this weird, like, we have to go see Emily's house where it's like, but she's not there. Right, exactly. But the book is yes, it everyone's is. favorite evil book hanging around. Uh huh. Um. So there's one part. Then then Liza's like, okay, Doc, you have to come with me back to the hotel because. Oh no! She goes back to the hotel. She opens up room thirty six, and Schweck is there. Um, yeah. crucifix to the wall. Very, very creepy movement right. moment. Like he was killed. Um, she runs yeah. out. Felt very much like City of the Living Dead, where woman screams, runs out, gets the man, and the man comes in and is like, oh no. But in this one, it's like, oh no, sh- right. there's nothing here. And then the scariest thing in the scene is yeah. the nails are still there, though. 
Again, so yeah. effective. Great imagery. Um, yeah, great imagery. He's like, this looks more like rust than blood, though. And it's like, well, if they've been in there that long and they weren't there earlier, why the fuck are they there now? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Um, is there anything that, what happens? I mean, our, our next this, set piece, I think. Yeah. Is okay, the, I was just making sure, because that was just the next thing in my notes. Yeah, I think it's. I think Which it's I think is the, the most sequence, famous yeah. sequence besides Emily, Jill's uh, mother getting acided to an oblivion. Um, Liza's architect Martin uh, goes to get the blueprints of the house. Um, this seems like cheesy '30s horror almost. Until it's yeah, not. It is. It's, yeah. <laughs> Which again, that's why I love Fulci. He pulls out the blueprints and then like the yeah. blue he like realizes like there's this massive opening underneath the hotel and it's like then it starts disappearing. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. No, and then there's this like flash funny, of light yeah. and he like screams and falls off the, the ladder and it's like, oh this is a very like universal thirties like horror death. He's not mm-hmm. dead. And uh, no. these tarantulas come out of the woodworks. They eat him. Yeah, they do. And it's, again, like you said, it's kind of one of those things where it doesn't, it seems like something you've seen before with just like creepy crawly spiders. And like, I've seen spiders crawling around in movies. That's always they, a little creepy. But, uh, yeah. They and like, their legs go inside his mouth. And like, yep, that's, that sensory of just like, like no. And then they eat his, like, lips off, and then they're ripping his nose apart and his ears. And you can see while they're doing it, his eyes are moving, and you're like, ah! <laughs> Jana, yeah. that scene is uncomfortable. I didn't like it. Yeah. It's, it's really, once it goes in the mouth, that, that was kind of where I... <laughs> could while this is happening, though, um, Martha goes to room 36 to give it a clean. Um, mm-hmm. Does it survive the clean? All the um, all all the dead bodies just keep showing yes. up in room thirty six because uh, we get creepy creepy bathtub. Uh, Joe like situation. comes out of the bathtub like uh, Max Ophels does with or not Max Shrek does with uh, Nosferatu with whoop, oh. um, yeah. and up. takes Martha's face and like shoves her into the wall where the nail was and the nail. Pops her eye out. Yeah, that was <laughs> I like that we just have this run of death, like scene after death scene. You're just like, yeah, that's a uh, gross. That's what I was. That's what I was doing watching it. I was just going gross, gross, like not necessarily in a bad way. Just yeah, that's what it is. I kind of like that. Like all the the gross death scenes in this one are saved pre climax. Honestly. A lot of the gross death scenes yeah. at the end are not nearly as much as the ones in the middle. And it's focused more on, like, the right. emotions and the terror going on rather than, like, ha-ha, Joe threw Martha's face through a nail. Or the tarantulas. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Um, oh, and so, finally, the last death in this run of deaths, and this is probably the scariest moment graphic wise for me um is emily's mm-hmm. death which shocked me because it's like i didn't really understand that emily could die because she seemed so 
above it all? I mean, Not like above it all as like a right. I mean, was she ever alive? I don't exactly? know. Yeah, that's it's like hold on. Yeah, how how can she die when I did not actually think she was alive to begin with? It, these are questions we're not going to get answers to. And so she hears the undead approach her house, and she's screaming at Shwek like, Shwek, I'm sorry. Like it, it yeah. and it doesn't explain it. That's the great thing. But it's like, Shwek seemed to like terrorize her in the underworld and was like, okay, you have to go yeah. up and scare everyone away from this hotel. Right. And right. instead, she was like, I can't let anyone go near this hotel, not by scaring them, but by like trying to convince them to not be there. Right. But she failed. But she failed, and so Shwek comes to kill her, and it's like, there's a lot of character in this, and it's like, ah, I don't know. It's never explained. Um, Nope. But basically, finally, Emily sets her dog Dickie off on killing the undead people. There's an amazing scene. Oh, sorry. There's an amazing scene where that dog is viciously attacking whoever's playing Shwek. Yeah, <laughs> I did not know how they made yeah. sure that dog did not rip off that guy's arm actually, out of a socket. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> basically he scares away all the undead and goes back. And oh, it's such a cute dog with a good face that it scares away the undead. Yeah, then it rips Emily's throat out. Yeah, it's it's kind of unclear, and this was the case in the last one too. It's kind of unclear what turned somebody. Yeah into a zombie. I mean, I guess in the last one it was just like seeing Thomas or once they died they became undead. But here and here when someone dies they can become undead. But Dickie just killed the guy. My best guess so was Dickie ate Schweck. Parts of Schweck. Oh, I guess that would be it. Ingested and then that, that turned it. That, that's classic zombie stuff. Yeah. That could be it. Um, yeah. The Emily scene goes on a long time again. It the does, throat. Yeah. The ear. Um, and it's like, again, we've set up this, like, great emotion of, like, this dog has been protecting Emily and, like, helping her see around, and it's like, even that can turn you on you, it's not okay. Yep. That's true. But now, um, now is when they have to venture over to the hospital. Um, this turned into, like, a very Carpenter-esque, like, this could be Kurt Russell, in the the hospital, um, yeah. But basically, Absolutely. everyone has turned into a zombie, and Doc and Emily, who are at the hospital, have to just shoot their way through like zombie horde after zombie horde after zombie horde. Right, and this is where they run back into yes. Jill. Um, and at first, they're like, "Jill, we're here. We can rescue mm-hmm. you." That lasts thirty seconds, Jill, uh... because uh. Poor Jill, much like Dickie before her. <laughs> turns on you. Has, uh, oh, there, actually, there's yeah. one thing I need to mention is um, there's this great part that scares them to the hospital. Um, there's this moment where they run out of the hotel and slowly the lights start coming on in the hotel. And it's just infested with oh, zombies. Right. Like each one has like a zombie running, walking around in like each room. And it's like. Do you, what, do you remember what yeah. scared them out of the yeah, hospital this, to go to the scared them out of the hotel to go on to the, go to the hospital? The, she just—I thought it was just the the undead that they bump into or they, okay. they start seeing like zombies, yeah. And so they go on the run. Yeah. To okay. The hospital. Again, this is another moment. Theme hits when they I start running it. to the the hospital. 
Um, yeah. So when Jill turns on uh, Liza, she like tries to smash her face in. Um, the doc uh, shoots her with his gun. That the... it just it just blows yeah, her literally. entire face off. Just just like three quarters of her head. Just, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just they just it's just gone. I mean, again, talk about it looks good amazing. Like, that is. It looks amazing. Um, super, yes. super gross. Yes. Um, and they also meet the doc's like main worker, who's also there. Yeah, they, they, the other they do. But when the, the window gets blown out, he gets impaled with shards of glass. Like shards of flying glass just impale yeah. him all through his entire. At least yeah. over half of his body. And that's like the last death in the movie. We still have like 10 minutes to go as they're shooting through the hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love how like uh, the doc was shooting and I was like, that guy's going to run out of bullets. But I was like, this is movie logic. But then he did run out of bullets. And like he does him trying bullets, to figure yeah. out how to reload and stuff. It, it builds some great tension. But uh, ultimately, the whole point of this uh, hotel chase. Um, they basically go down to the basement of the hospital. And this is the best use of the, the dream logic, is they go down to the basement of the hospital, but they just go down to the basement of the hotel instead. Like, It's not like the hotel yeah. of the hospital is also in the same hotel basement as the hotel. It's just yeah. no. now they're in the basement of the hotel. Yeah. No, they found them. Yeah, they, they, are, they are clearly in some sort of other dimension or otherworldly kind of... Yes. Trap where they just they cannot escape that hotel basement. Which is death. Like it's it's obviously like yeah. they just cannot escape death. Which uh Yeah. Yeah, every which yes. way they turn, uh they are um, by it. They continue down until like a fog envelops them in the basement. Um they go down the set of staircase and uh they get to hell. <laughs> Which is what uh, your background is yep. showing. It is. It is. It is them it, in hell. So the whole, wh- what Schweck was painting at the beginning was basically hell. Right. It's like these piles of bodies strewn about and everything is just bleak. It's just, it's and, just rock. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, this, it's what Schweck's painting is come to life. Um, this part is so creepy because... Then the staircase that led them there is just gone. And everywhere they turn, it's the same. Which, and and, like, I don't mean that by like, they turn around, there's no staircase there, and like, it's the same world they're in. It's the exact same thing. It's just the painting. Everywhere they look, it looks like the painting looks. With the bodies in that, like, uh, formation or something on the ground. Um... Yep. And it's just inescapable and finally it they turn like tor- they turn and run towards the camera and now they are blinded and uh consumed by hell. And that's how the movie ends. <laughs> yeah. And they just yeah, they, just, they just go blind and then they sort of disappear um, into hell. I love that if you search like the beyond ending on YouTube, um it's like the the first video says the beyond 1981. A bleak ending to the movie. That's the title of the YouTube video. No, it's good to warn people. 
This is what and, you're uh, gonna do. Like I said, this is like one of the few horror movies that like ever made me cry. It's the only one I could think of, but it's just like so hopeless. And so I yeah. said like there like there like I have a story behind like when I came to this movie. Um I was in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, probably one of like the first real gore movies I ever saw. But I was in seventh grade. Um, I was a cello player in my middle school orchestra. I had the stand partner, and one day when I came to school, she just wasn't there. She wasn't there the next day. Ooh. She wasn't there the next day. Turned out she had died. Oh my gosh. Um, and I had had a grandma die at that point, and there was, like, an old friend of ours who had died that we, like, we knew. And, um, I think it was, like, tough to process those deaths at the time, because, like, you're a kid. But, like, sure, you kind of understand yeah. that, like, old people will die, at least at a certain point. Actually, like, I knew young people could die, too, but, like, actually experiencing someone, like, my age die was incredibly yeah. upsetting to me um i was reading stephen king's the stand at the time um and i feel like or... death consumed me at that point <laughs> yeah and I um happened. i listened to the i for some reason i came across the soundtrack to this movie and i was like that soundtrack sounds cool i'm gonna watch the movie and i don't think i'd ever seen a movie and i don't really know if i have sense that except for maybe something like Synecdoche, New York, which I am not a fan of anyway, but like I can feel the mm. director's utter terror at the idea of death. And it I think that's why I cried when I watched it, because it just resonated so deeply with what I was dealing with at that moment. Um so yeah, the beyond the beyond uh, hit hit me in ways that I I'd never expected. And now I want everyone to watch it. Yeah. Even though I don't think most people can watch it. You have to selectively choose who you recommend sure. this movie to. I, right. And and like I said, I I put it off for a little bit. It is it it is all of the things you said and it's extremely bleak and it um is harrowing and um you know, the ending is is quite dark, but it's also fun to it, watch. It a lot of it is like really fun to watch. Watchable. Like it's not it's not just I don't know if that. like the other two are as bleak as the Beyond, but I think the Beyond most of all is Fulci really like digging into his fears and terror of death and yeah. the real inevitability of the darkness that is going to consume every one of us at some point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. and uh, he does that visually, narratively. It's literally just an incredible movie. It's. I can't. I don't have words for it, especially for just how bleak that ending is. Also, then yeah. cue the theme. Run that credits. Uh, they have an awesome voiceover yeah. after they disappear that says um, the line, the final line from the book of Ebon that Trek has is, "And you will face a sea of darkness, and all therein that may be explored." Mm-hmm. Death. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It is a dark end. Yay! So, yeah. uh, good movie. You want to rate? Good movie. Yeah. Um, thumbs thumbs up. up. And out of four? Um, you know, I think I'm going to give it four. It's, it's, I, I give it four and a half out of five but I'll, on, on Letterboxd, but I'll, I'll round that up. Um, yeah, it's, it's I'll go f- four out of four as well. Uh, 
yeah. top five favorite horror movies of all time for me, I think. Um, yeah, it's incredibly good. effective. So now we have to talk about The House by the Cemetery. Which is not a bad movie. It's just compared to these first two, it's it's not on their level, I don't think. So I'm, I'm going to say something. Um, I think okay. it is on the level. I think it's you amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's... But what... I might need to watch it again. The problem with but... it is, is the f- nothing happens in the first 40 minutes. Like, nothing I cannot happens. emphasize enough, nothing happens in the first 40 minutes. Like, and so I had a... And compare that it's, with... I guess it's not as good as the, the other, other two, two, but it, it's it's a yeah. struggle entering into the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has it has a lot of really good... Especially with Bobby, imagery. the kid that sounds I like love, an adult. I love Bob, yeah. I, I love... I love haunted house stuff mm-hmm. and ghost stuff, and so I actually like that about it. Is this is this is a, more of a haunted house ghost story? Yes. It feels like, at at least until the end, um, you know, th- then it's it's more of your your zombie stuff. But it's it's more of a haunted house. Ghost Beyond story. Beyond Works is a haunted hotel. And, sure, there's no David true. S. Pumpkins that arrives to you at like the 19th floor. Can you imagine if David yeah, S. Pumpkins just showed up in room 36? Oh my god. Someone I, I need someone who's like a good video what, editor. To, for when to she make opens up the door and like the the, the lights flash up, when she's she's Shrek. Right, and then David S. Pumpkins. I'm is there. David oh, Pumpkins. The dream. Bum, bum, oh. bada, bada, bum. I'm here to scare the hell out of I love David S. Pumpkins. Um But yes, yeah, so so yeah, the house by the cemetery is. Um, it's also the first one that really, well, it's the first one at all that centers a family, like a family yeah. unit. Um, the first two have like, like found families of like people that are trying to make it through together. Sure, of course, yeah. And there's 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 families within them, um, but this one is the first where sort of where this time Katrina McCall is a wife uh-huh. and a mother. Um, moving into this house with her family. This is the year before Poltergeist, by the way. That's why I just double checked timing wise. So like. It was a real, a real time for for families and their creepy haunted houses. Wait, so we gotta say, um, the first movie in this trilogy came out in 1980. Um, let me try yeah, to f- three three movies in three two movies years. in two years, <laughs> and he still had a movie in between them come out. That's right. Um, yeah, is that was that contraband? I think it's contraband there, is there... between Beyond and I'm looking it up now. Uh, yeah, so... Oh, no, Contraband's before. It's the Black Cat that's okay. between. So, because he, he goes... Um, he goes, Zombie, Contraband, City black of the Living cat, Dead, the Black beyond, Cat, house Beyond, by the House by the Cemetery. So, then City of the Living Korea. Dead comes out so prolific, the 11th of August, 1980. House by the Cemetery comes out the 14th of August, 18, 1981. So that's within a year. That's within a year. A year yeah, and three days. Period. He puts out four movies, three of which are considered a trilogy together. Yeah. With the, yeah with, that really makes me like worry about Katrina McCall, too. <laughs> I'm just like, that's, she went through a lot in that uh, time period. She goes through the most in this movie. We'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Um, this is another one that has a cold open. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, let's see. Sorry. I, I should pull up 
the. Oh, you gotta pull it up. I had them. But it, it's basically uh, two people say... are in a house. Okay. Um, there's a person and their boyfriend. Um, yeah. She discovers him stabbed with scissors. Yes, and then she gets stabbed straight. Yeah, to the like head. back of the head, and the the it, 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 Somewhat comical fashion, the knife goes like straight out of her mouth. Goes through her mouth. Yeah, this was this was a sequence where um, I, I also I just watched the new release horror movie Malignant a couple. Oh, how was ago, it? Well, we'll get to that in what we've watched this week. But... Bananas! It's crazy. It's all everyone I'm ta- I've heard from is just hyping it the hell up. I'm so excited. I mean, it's like, I don't I don't really overhype it too much. I mean, it's a you know it's a James Wan movie. Um, it's it's good, but the. the the ending is, I will say, I had been told the ending was wild. Um, and I, I know I'm, I'm a re, you know, I haven't seen as much horror as a lot of people, but uh, yeah, the ending was is wild. Is it as wild oh, as the ending of House by the Cemetery? Um, you know, <laughs> it's not as far off as you oh, might think. Oh, whoa. Um, it's one reason why I will say, I when I was thinking of this sequence earlier today, when I was getting ready for this, and I was like, wait. Was that in this movie or was that something from Malignant? That's where I started to get worried. I was like, am I picturing kills from Malignant and then it's this? Um, but no, that, that yeah, it it is kind of funny because, yeah, the, the knife comes out of her mouth um, <laughs> and then she just gets dragged away. Um, yeah. So I don't think I put it together until the end of the movie, like, what that was. But basically we hear... That the people that lived in this house was a man and his mistress, and she, he killed her and then killed himself. And that is what those people are, right? Yeah, yes, I thought so. Except for, then who's the body stab? Because she sees the guy stab with the scissors, then she gets killed. So, I, I was a little bit unclear in terms of the order of... of who was killed and 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 how and why but didn't also didn't the people who lived there were moved in because there had been a previous murder too this is where with this movie i was a little bit like lost the plot in terms of yeah how it was a gate to hell or not um but yes i do believe that is a flashback to the that murder that occurred uh-huh. before the new family moved in well, kind happened. of the amazing thing in this movie is just how personal and intimate it honestly is. And it's mm-hmm. not one of a, like, I guess in City of the Living Dead, it's like the end of the world is the gate of hell opening up. In the beyond, it's not really like the end of the world is coming. It kind of is. But it's like the gate of hell, that one is just like, you will die and end here no matter what you do. It's, it's not like we have to stop it from happening. It's just like, this is the inevitable. And in this one, it's like, mm. The gate is just a fucked up dude in the basement. And he is the hell that yeah. lives within humanity. Because again, he's right. trying to delay and, the and, inevitable. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And and maybe has trapped his family into some sort of eternal ghost yes. life. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of consequences. Um, I really don't even know how much we have to talk about the for- first 40 minutes of this movie. Um that the, there's a family yeah, that moves they're, in. They're in a creepy house. The house is creepy. There's, um, there's a kid named Bob who can only see a. He's the only one that can see this girl named May. Uh, there's a great moment where May sees this mannequin family, and one of their heads rolls off, and it's like blood inside. That was a cool moment. The mannequins yeah. are creepy. Well, and that's when so 
one of the characters we meet in the beginning is is yes. Anne, the babysitter, who is just one of the most phenomenal looking people I've ever seen. <laughs> like it's kind of hard. It's like, to, how are you real? She has she has an Anya Taylor Joy thing where it's like you are beautiful and also an alien. Probably movie, an like alien. kind of yeah. Um, but when she, when she's introduced, they do this cross cutting between her and one of the like chopped up mannequins and so you're, you're kind of like oh is this like a connection is she like a mannequin no she's not she's not a mannequin person that that was just a creepy image that i think yeah thought was cool um but again something that sort of knocks you a little bit sideways keeps you off balance and so you're questioning like what she's up to yes um, and unfortunately for her like most characters in these movies what she's up to dying is, uh, gonna gonna be killed soon <laughs> um so, like, what else is there really to say? There's Anne, who's the like the babysitter of Bobby. Um, mm-hmm. In the house, there's a cemetery by the house, which is just one grave of someone named Martha Freudenstein. I think that's Mary, Mary Freudenstein. I think Freudenstein. Which le- yeah, it's it's like Freudenstein. It's like kind of Frankenstein, but it's also Freud. It's the, that name was a little Freud. too on the head. It's too much. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. A lot of Freud shit going on and a lot of Frankenstein shit going on in this movie. Um, yeah, so... But there, not only is there a house by a cemetery, which it's not even a cemetery, it's just a grave, but the house has a grave inside it. Yeah. Speaking of tombs, there's a tomb inside uh, the house. A tomb. <laughs> yeah, in, in like again in like yes, the basement. Of course. Well, it's like a, it's like a doorway into the basement that is like on yeah. like the the gravestone is on the uh, the um, the floor of the house. Um yeah. wonderful. Would totally move into that house. Yeah, they Excuse me. They stick around in this house for I mean, I know they have their reasons, but good yeah. lord. Like don't stay in this house. Um I will say one of the funny parts that happens before the shit really goes down that we have to talk about is um, there's one part where there's just this blood everywhere that Anne is, that we it's never really explained how it came about, but Anne is cleaning it up, and then that that was another image that I was like, which movie was that in? Where is there this like creepy blood? Yeah, spot? and then and, Lucy, yeah. the Katrina McCall character, finds her and is like, Anne, why are you cleaning up blood? And she's like, Oh, and then it just forgets about it. <laughs> And then just want to, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a very strange sequence. But we start to realize, like, uh, shit's going on in the basement. Well, we gotta talk about the bat. That's the first thing I was gonna talk about. That's, that's <laughs> when the movie started to go, we yeah, are here. That's when things started happening, is when a big, angry huge. bat. Just, not like, not like unrealistically like huge, but like, it's yeah. a big bat. It's like bigger than their heads, yeah. Um attacks them and they go down in this basement to show there's nothing wrong, wrong there. Not Rips up Norman, the dad's hand real badly. And instead of like trying to throw the bat away and close the basement door, or, like run it outside and throw it away. Norman grabs it and takes a knife and stabs it to death. Real creepy scene. Um. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. No, that's, that's okay. Uh, a thing, a thing is happening, and, and Nick's trying to get me to put on the baseball game, and I'm saying not yet. What 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 thing is happening? Uh, Max Scherzer's perfect through seven. Yeah, I didn't think you'd say it. 
Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a believer in jinxes. It's just a thing that's happening. I'm looking at it on my screen where it, you know, says it with that little red bar right there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Through seven, but it's too early. You can't do it until eight. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't frankly go until nine. Honestly, I, I don't, I don't, I don't put that shit on before the ninth inning. Uh, but sorry, sorry, baseball, baseball interruption. Uh, he did hit three thousand strikeouts. He did. I know. It's so exciting. He's he's at like 2002, 2003. Um, sorry, but anyway, it's it's bad times if you go through um, if you go into a basement to prove nothing's wrong and then you're attacked by a. The kind of wonderful Maybe. thing is nothing. I guess not anything out of the ordinary happens in that moment. It's not like they see a rotting body corpse ghost thing. Right. It's like. Bats are real, and maybe you get attacked by a bat when you scare it walking into where it was staying. Right, yeah. I will say, though, to their credit, they are sufficiently spooked that this is when they're like, maybe we won't stay in this house anymore. Yes! So. I, I actually really like like the choices yeah. some of the characters make in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. The real estate agent won't help them, though. Yeah, no. That's the problem with it. That's like literally the biggest problem with this movie is the real estate agent's not good enough for them. Well, uh, speaking of people who get theirs, um, <laughs> you know, this, these things, they come back to bite yeah. people. But, um, oh, yeah. So, like, Norman finds an audio cassette of the, the Peterson guy who, um, basically, yeah, the previous colleague basically explains what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, which is more or less Mr. Freudstein, who is the, the the person who has the gravestone out back's husband, and May, the girl that Bobby can see's uh, husband and uh, father. father. Um, mm-hmm. No, I'm just I'm, I'm just I'm curious gonna... if there's an update. No, no, no. Matt and Nick... <laughs> Nick said it's nice of Scherzer to take attention away from uh, his team making history by being no hit three times in one year. <laughs> uh, they were no hit. The Cleveland was no hit again last Yay! night. Um, sorry. Anyway, this is where this is where we explain the plot of this movie, yeah. uh, which is uh, evil old timey scientist. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, um. In 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 uh, the. Uh... In the screen jazz pod, they reference him as a Nazi. Yes, I don't fully um, know if that is explicit, but he's yeah, got a look. I mean, he's, he's got a look, and I think it's just like he's a German experimental scientist, yeah. which at least is Nazi vibes, if not what it yeah, was Nazi. Yeah, yeah, um, the, the, the completely confounding thing, though, is after he hears this tape, which mm-hmm. explains all this he destroys it. What are you doing? Like that, that's yeah, your evidence, that. buddy. Right. That, if anything, that's your evidence. If a bunch of people end up dead, that you didn't do it. So <laughs> they won't do that. the same thing of like, oh, this guy killed his mistress. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a, con- at this time also. Anne goes down to the basement, um, looking for Bob, and um, she gets decapitated. She sure does. Big time. And Her it's not like, it's it's not a quothump decapitation. Yeah. It's um, 
knifing yeah, over and it. over. Yeah, basically, basically cutting her throat so badly that her head comes off. That's great. Yeah, I, it's poor Anne. She really gets it. So that was when I texted you originally. I texted you like, Jesus, fuck. Yeah. Um, um. Little did I know that, like, I, I didn't even know if I could text you later at that point because, like, I didn't have words for what I was about to see. Yeah. Basically, yeah. So, Bob. Uh, poor, again, poor kids in these movies. So, so poor Bob, you know, discovers uh, Anne and, and does have to say that, you know, she got her head cut off. Um does a lot of crying, goes back to the basement. <laughs> I was screaming at him. Why are you going back? Okay, I said some of the character decisions were good. These right. ones were... Right. And then, so yeah, this is where, this is where shit gets wild, like it hadn't already. So Bob goes back to the basement and then gets trapped down there. And so then his parents have to go down into the basement to rescue Well, the, uh, gotta speak about the great scene where he's locked out and Norman comes home. And he's, while he's re-explaining re the whole Freudstein thing to yeah. us, um, he's axing the door down, but Freudstein has put Bob's head against the door. Mm -hmm. Incredibly suspenseful moments of the axe going in. Right by his head, right behind his shades, head. Shades of the coffin in City of the Living Dead. and that. Right? And yeah. Mm -hmm. it, that was a fantastic scene. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the getting into the, the basement sequence was so creepy. Um, yeah. Everyone you have to go down into the basement to get. Or the tomb. The tomb, yeah. Um, but they finally get the door down. Mainly because... One of the axes comes in and cuts off Freudstein's hand. It does, yeah. That was uh, blocking Bobby. Um, right. You know what? I want you to take over for this scene. Uh, when they get down there? Yes. So they get down to the I've basement. talked a lot, I'm, and I'm very curious to hear you. They get uh, down to the basement, and... Um, this is and so and all the dead bodies are there. Oh, we forgot to mention the 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 um the real estate agent though that oh. <laughs> she comes in. One of the you best know. special effects in the whole tr series is her getting stabbed by the the fire poker. So so she's killed. She's on the ground, and he just is stabbing her over and over, sort of in the whole chest torso, and she's still kind of like you know going back and forth and. It's all very strange looking. And and honestly, that part's kind of fake looking. Like, it looks like a, a dummy or something is being uh -huh. stabbed. But her head's moving around. And then she gets stabbed through the throat in a way that I just don't understand how they filmed it. Like Yeah, and, and like, you could see her veins. You can see, yeah, like, her and face. Yeah, blood coming out. You can see her face. And it, they again, just remarkable. Um, and that blood goes... So much blood. So, and it's just... It's all purple and it goes everywhere um, anyway so that yeah, happened 20 minutes yeah, that, ago that happened 20 minutes ago my um, bad which is why now i forgot I, I had a note about it and then i forgot too um but then when they get down uh when the we haven't even said the parent norman and lucy are the parents name when they get down into the basement all of our all of our dead friends are there <laughs> all the bodies are down Very in the basement, dead. and they've all been super mutilated and are just like body parts sort of strewn about um and this is where Dr. Freudstein, um, it, it basically becomes like a sort of pseudo self-Frankenstein situation, right? Like he's Yeah, using, he's zombified himself. He's zombified himself. And he, 
he looks cool and gross in a sort of, to me, more like traditional horror movie way. Like when we see his face, he's like a monster. He has kind of like no face. It's like kind of like stretched over. Very um, Lord, Lord Voldemort. Very, exactly. That's exactly No nose. Like. No nose. Just kind of like this stretched over whitish skin face. The um, funny thing is, if you look at the poster of the house by the cemetery, and they show a dude with a red face, but like long like luscious hair with the knife. Yeah. And then also someone with long luscious hair like over Katrina McCall. It's like that's not what he looks like. No, no. They uh, also show a lot of uh tombstones and no, that's not what happens in the These movie. posters are very strange. Um kind of across Like the board. you looked at the Beyond poster and it's like Katrina McCall getting her throat slit. It's like just not really None of that right. happened. And that's like the image in all of the posters. It's really and it looks like there's, like, a lion person behind her in yes. the poster, almost. The posters, uh, I think, that... are uniformly great, but they just have much to do with... The, the City of the Living Dead one is uniformly great, and each one is an actual thing from the movie. <laughs> yes, that's true. The woman crying, the blood tears, yeah. the flaming zombie. But uh, yeah, the, 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 the image of the guy, he looks like freaking... What's, what's the guy from the Phantom Menace? He looks like... Uh, oh, like Darth Maul? He looks like Darth Maul. He, he looks like Darth face. Maul with, like, and, Johnny Depp hair. And... Right, well, because with the dark hair, it kind of looks like it's a hood, so it kind of looks like a real yeah, yeah. Darth Maul situation. Um, anyway, would be cool if that's what the, the evil dude looked like, but, yeah, it's it's not. Instead, he looks more like Voldemort, um, and we find out that he has been killing people and, like, harvesting them. To try to yeah, using alive. their blood and stuff to regenerate himself. Doesn't make any sense, but... Yeah. Um, and then, maybe the grossest thing I've ever seen happens. When uh, Norman attacks Freudstein and they fight, and then Norman is able to stab Freudstein, sort of like right in the gut. And then, just... Just stuff oozing maggots... Maggots, gushing, worms... Worms, just fecal like, matter, unclear. It's brown. Um, it's, it's and it and it just keeps going, just like in every other scene. And it keeps cut. It cuts away to them looking horrified, and it cuts back, and he's still just like this wound in his like side is just gushing, just stuff, that. guts, and and <laughs> bugs, and yeah. Um, that that's when I said I I said oh no, and I like walked to the back of the room and was like, I need to get further away from my TV. Cause of all the gross things, for some reason, that image was just really where I sort of drew the line. At least I thought so until Freudstein fights back by literally ripping Norman's throat, just right out, just in slow motion, very slowly. Like, yeah, not, not cartoony, like literally just slowly grabs him by the throat and just rips it out. Um, which again, and then poor poor Lucy's like trying to hide Bob from like seeing this happen to his father. I mean, I think he's seen enough at this point. But um, well, I, and like we, the set direction of just all the bodies, yeah, Anne's the head on the ground. Um, there's a dude. I don't know which dude it is, but he has his chest open. Yeah, is it the is it Peterson? I think it must be. Um, lots of gross stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so then. Lucy and and Bob decide now is the time to try to leave the basement. Um, and <laughs> now is the time. So they start trying to climb out. 
Um, but they like, don't go out through the normal door. No, they're going out where like the tombstone has cracked, and so it's like a big rock that they're trying to sort of push aside and get out. Um, and um, this is where poor Lucy meets her end because she can't make it out, and so Freudstein grabs her and drags her down, and uh, she gets her head smashed down real good. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is the other moment besides when Emily is screaming when her dog is killing her that I was like, this is one of the most viscerally intense things I've ever seen. When yeah. She's getting dragged down the stairs. This camera is handheld filmed so well. Mm-hmm. Bobby is screaming. Yeah. Um, I was like, this is about as intense as movies have ever gotten. And yeah. I will say, Lucy's death is probably the least gory thing in the horror movie as far as like a death goes. She's just getting dragged yeah. down the stairs. But the... The concept of what's going on is like, this is about as intense as movies could get. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is incredibly intense. Um, And so then poor Bob is left all alone at this point and um, has to try to climb out um, himself. And of course, Bernstein catches up with him and is is grabbing his leg and trying to, he's able to sort of get away um, because May is upstairs and helps him get out and he sort of escapes like it's like you think Freudstein's gonna grab his shoe and then he lifts out and then and then everything's great right because now Bob's just upstairs with with May and her the mother tonal shift is so unnerving it's so unnerving because it's like oh and and uh May's mother you know and so to, to be clear May and her mother long dead um are <laughs> yeah Fritzine I think he's mentioned to be 150 yeah so. so they're long dead um and then I can't remember ex- I wish I'd written down exactly what the mom Mrs. Mrs. Freudstein says but it's something like oh Bob is Come here along, with- children. Like, I was like Bob is here with us now or something like- something that basically makes it clear that like oh oh he he is with them now like he's not going back to uh like maybe he escaped uh like Freud scene, but but he's now trapped in whatever. Sort of like the realm. ending of the Beyond, where they don't necessarily die; they just enter hell. Right, exactly, and, and that's he just like happens. enters the ghost world. And so the final image is the is the is Freudstein taking each of the children by hand, and they just walk out of the house and and down this sort of foggy lane together into the unknown. I got chills. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> just thinking it's of a it. really good ending. Yeah, and then they have this fantastic. Uh, like a text on the screen that says, no one will ever know whether children are monsters or monsters are children. children. Yeah, which is apparently a Henry James quote. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good stuff. Um, fucking amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, so thumbs up, thumbs oh, down. Yeah, yeah, thumbs up. Thumbs up for me. Yeah. Um, out of four. I'm going to give this one three out of four. Okay, I'll go three and a half, two. Yeah. I might, I might change City of Living Dead to four. Yeah, I, I mostly just have this one three, Still Living Dead three and a half, Beyond four, but I... It I, does kind of feel like that. I, I, I've also seen, again, all three of them in the past three days. I, I think these are the kind of movies that you get more out of as you sit with them and revisit them. Yeah, it's weird to think about revisiting something as horrifying as this, but like... Yeah, but when you know what's coming, to me, that's mm-hmm. easier to watch. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. the Gates of Hell trilogy. Yeah. Well, what a journey we went on. No, it was great. I'm really glad we did this. Yeah, me too.
Um, do you want to talk about stuff we've watched recently? Yes, quickly, because I am running out of time. Um, but let me pull up my list. All right. It's been a couple... We didn't record last week, so I have two weeks worth of things, because we haven't talked since Hoop Dreams, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go very quickly, um, and I'm going to skip various rewatches that I did, because they're boring. Um... So, since we last met, I watched one more Halloween movie, Halloween Resurrection. Very bad. Um, although I think Buster Rhymes is fun in it, uh, which I think is a controversial opinion. But anyway, I'm glad to be done with that little mini arc and, and switching over to the Halloween 2018 and upcoming Halloween Kills. Um, moving on, I watched the Ringer HBO documentary Woodstock 99. Peace, Love, and Rage. Did not care for it. Um, if you want to... I wish I'd written down... There's there's some some critics and some female critics in particular who've written about it much more articulately than I could, but it's... it's You know, we, we can all agree that depiction does not equal endorsement, but I feel like this movie tries to deal with some pretty rough topics and is it over its head. Um, and yeah, it sure. meant well, and I think it, it, just, it just was not at the level it needed to be to address some of the really, really dark stuff that movie gets into. Um, on a more fun note, I, I had a fun horror double feature last Friday. I watched Poltergeist for the first time. <laughs> Poltergeist. Fun movie. Um, very. That's from, a great movie. Very different than I expected. I, I had, I guess I really didn't know what to expect. I knew basically nothing The producer, it. produced by Steven Spielberg credit, yeah, yeah. feels incredible. Yeah. So it's like, if, if, if Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg made, it was made, a, at the made same, a It was made at the same time as E.T. And you can tell that it was made at the same time as E.T. Yep. Um, good movie. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, and then I watched uh, the, a movie from last year called Freaky. The um, Freaky Friday oh, yes. uh, horror. I did not realize when I watched it that it's by the same director who makes the Happy Death Day movies, which I really, yeah, really yeah. love. And so that explains, if I'd known that, I would have watched it. definitely seems like high concept genre sort of thing right. that, like Happy Death Day it's is as super, well. It's a high concept horror comedy, like which I, I love. Like, yeah. so I, I wish I'd watched it last year. Um, it's I think it's on HBO Max right now. It's it's a really fun time. Uh, recommend. I'm probably going to, I think that's what I'm going to show to people for Halloween now that I can once again have a, you know, safe, fill the mm -hmm. vaccinated Halloween party and, and show people some fun movies. That'll be on the list. Um, and I had a bunch of rewatches. And then, oh, my other two new watches were um, Malignant, which I already mentioned a little bit. That's on HBO Max. Um, it is as, as bonkers as everybody is saying. Um, <laughs> I didn't guess the twist. Apparently people who are more genre um flew into the i am did but i did not so uh that really got me and then last night i ventured out to the theater and saw shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and it was super fun um favorite marvel movie in a long time looked fantastic it, it's one of the few marvel movies that i think like visually looks pretty it good. looks really good um there's that scene in some of the trailers where michelle yo and tony leung are like dancing in a bamboo field looks great. Like, I wish, like, so Tony, Tony Long and Michelle Yeoh rule. Um, I, like, yeah, it, it was just excellent. It makes me really curious to see. Um, I didn't know, I, I was, there's a couple things that happen in it that connected to the larger Marvel universe. One I was spoiled for, one I wasn't. Um, uh -huh. But it was not, it wasn't intrusive. Like, it's, it's 
it's its own movie for this character to establish this element of the world. And then they just tie it in to some other parts in a way that I thought was, was kind of fun. Um, yeah. So I do, I do recommend that. I, I had a real blast with it. I haven't seen, I haven't seen Black Widow. I haven't even seen the last Spider-Man movie. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was like great trailers. Uh, people freaked the F out for the matrix trailer in the theater. People were <laughs> shouting and clapping and stuff. So that was fun. I did that in my bedroom. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was fun getting to hear that. But uh, yeah, that that's it for me. Because everything else, I just like I was just rewatching random. Cr- oh, and I watched Cruella. Sorry, also Cruella, <laughs> pretty bad. Um, but on Disney Plus, so Emma Stone rules. Um, sure, but that movie's a mess. Sure. Um, all right. What about you? What about you? A lot of stuff, out of sight. Um, oh, good movie. Jana movie, the ultimate Jana movie. Yeah really good yeah um i took the hot take that i didn't like to do but did not feel the chemistry between george clooney and jennifer lopez I, take. That's just great I, I know there's something wrong with me because that just both had so much charisma i just don't did not feel it between the two of them crazy not in, not in the trunk scene not in the hotel bar definitely scene. not in the trunk like, scene maybe in the hotel ugh. bar scene two excellent scenes just, uh, but very fun awesome cast um yeah uh who being reigns in it is awesome he's so good mm-hmm. um i watched maybe the only other movie that's more terrified and obsessed with death than the beyond which is called one more time with feeling which is nick cave recording the album the skeleton tree which is basically about the death of his son very fun movie um Janet's face when I said that. No, I, yeah, I, I'm probably gonna skip that one. Did you know who uh, made it? No, I can't remember. Andrew Dominic. Oh, oh, no, I did know that. <laughs> I, I did, I, I did know that was Andrew Dominic, yeah. Yeah, of course. What was that? Well, now a car alarm is going off, but someone is very excited about something. Um, and I don't know if they're watching. They could be watching the Dodger game. They could be watching the U.S. Open. They're probably watching an NFL game. But oh, okay. Um, I don't know. My neighbors are. But my neighbors just clapping very excitedly about something. <laughs> well, he's perfect through seven plus one. So. Yeah, he might have. He might have been clapping for that out. I don't know. Um, anyway, sorry. I saw the little girl who sold the sun. Do you know that movie? I don't. Short film by Jabril Diop Mbade, Mom Betty, um, about a girl who sells newspapers. Really cute, really wonderful, kind of sad. Um, saw Grand Budapest Hotel and Vertigo in film class this week. Nice. Um, both excellent, especially Vertigo, all time movie. Um, Jupiter Ascending, I saw, which was, oh, yeah. which was, it's just good. Um, not not at the level of most Wachowski films, but was definitely fun. No, I, I don't think it was as good as a lot of the Wachowski fans said it was, and I don't think it was nearly as bad as a lot of the critics said it was, but it was okay. Um, watched The Fits, another ultimate Janna movie. Um, Janna, that ending's pretty good. That ending's great. Worth watching that movie that just for that ending. Yep. It's only yep. like also, 70 minutes... Is- barely 70 minutes long it's like barely a feature um but it's so good mm-hmm. anyway that hosmer doubled yeah i saw maybe that's why my neighbor was clapping maybe they're padres fans i don't know uh, <laughs> seems I some, unlikely i, have, I well, i don't know i i live in a, a 
ecology neighborhood. So sure. you never know where people are from. Um, I have some neighbors who are big fans of Florida teams. I realized at one point because I could check them like during the Dodgers Rays World Series, they were clearly rooting for the Rays. Sure. Um, How pathetic is it to re- cheer that loud for a double because you didn't get no hit? I I mean, you know, I I, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's It's been a tough second half of the season. I, I don't begrudge anybody. That's fair. I, I've just given up entirely. But I saw Watt Stacks, which I think I mentioned yep. is like the movie Nick should see because it's basically Summer of Soul without talking heads. So it seems more up his alley than that one was great. I saw, bless you. Thank you. I was muted. Nobody will know. I was. <laughs> I saw The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant, which is a fast bitter movie. I absolutely hated it, but it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, just aggravating aggravating movie i don't think i'm i don't really have any short-term plans to seek out any more fassbender um (laughs) he's hard for me to watch it's not my thing and i get the sense that ali is like probably his easiest oh yeah yeah. for sure almost for sure i'm like that's i'm good there that that's a good level for me um i was talking with kasia yesterday and we saw that like vim vendors is until the end of the world or whatever it's called the five hours one yeah. and i was like oh i want to see that and she was like too long and then at another point it, um berlin alexander plus came up and i was like and she was like oh i really want to see that i was like but what about the the, the vim vendors one? she's like it's so much easier to spend five hours with uh fastbender than it is for vim to spend five hours with vim vendors i was like no that's uh yeah. I, I can't imagine it but in- Funny. interesting disagreement there um i saw sneakers another ultimate gen- I, great movie i've been yeah, randomly really caught up i've been ra- randomly picking them off my uh list right now but co- had quite a few in a row that like oh this is a janna movie um very fun movie it's getting great cast and then besides Along with City of the Living Dead, I saw another thematic trilogy, which was the Coker trilogy, which um, every single one of those is a binger. Um, Janet, go watch the Coker trilogy. It's on, it's on the long list. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday I did a double feature with Kasi. We did The Handmaiden, which uh, she had never seen, so I showed her that good movie. And then she showed me Blowout which made me feel embarrassed that I showed her something called The Handmaiden, because um, it's so much better. And I love The Handmaiden. But Blowout was, like, the best movie I'd ever seen. Really? Yes. I thought, I, for some reason, but that's De Palma, right? Yes, it I is. I hated De Palma. Okay. I guess I don't, like, hate De Palma. It's just not what I enjoy. Okay, all right. And so I kind of came in, like, let's let's see what Blowout is. Everyone says, like, this is, like, the one. And uh, is, is, that still on, is that still on Criterion Channel? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's the one. <laughs> It's so good. Um, yeah. If I do, like, a best first watches of the year roundup... It's up there. Um, it'll be in the top ten, at least, and that includes Brighter Summer Day and To Sleep With Anger and Red Beard and stuff, so... It's been a good year, and this is as good as anything has been this year, so... Yeah, go watch Blowout. It's amazing. Alright, so now we just gotta say thanks to Scott Brady for his awesome mm-hmm. artwork... We didn't even we didn't even acknowledge that Nick's not here. By the way, sorry, Nick, he's not here. 
Um, Nick's not going to be here for a while. Yeah, we're on a bit of a, a schedule-related fill-in episode run, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we'll be up to in the yeah. next few weeks. We'll, um, we'll get back to I- Ikaru, uh, Ikaru uh, in a few weeks, but we'll, we'll find some fun stuff to talk about between now and then. Yeah, um... And then, if you want to check us out, you can find us on Letterboxd Twitter, Great Movies Pod. You can email us at greatmoviespod at gmail.com. And Medvedev, just be Djokovic. Oh, okay. Well. I thought Djokovic was about to come back. Damn. 6 4, 6 4, 6 4. Sorry, we're really placing this at a moment in time. Um, God, a lot of, lot of sports going on. Yeah. Um, nothing as good as the women's singles in the U.S. Open, though. That was nope. the best thing ever. Yeah, that was that match was stressful yesterday too. Good though. I didn't watch it, but it was just like I'm just happy for either one of them. Whatever. Oh yeah. Them getting there was 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 the best thing. Not not it's, whoever. Exactly. Won. It didn't really matter who won in the end. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that is it. Roger out. Roger out. <laughs> there we go. Ended as abrupt as a Fulci movie. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Where's that? Hold on, I'm gonna adjust myself. Well, you dropped a good foot there. I, I know. I dropped my chair more than I meant to. Okay. Well, because it's so dumb, but like this, my office chair has like arms on it that are kind of high. And if they're not lined up right, if I try to like scoot close, it'll knock into my whole desk. And oh yeah, I, feel I have that. not, I've been working at home for fully 18 months at this point. Oh, literally 18 months as of today. Um, Yay. I've been working from home because March 12th of 2020 was when I like went home with my first work from home day. Um, I still have not figured out a good ergonomic workspace. So got to, got to get to that eventually. Fair so, all right. Ready? Yep. <clears throat>